2: It's not human
1: intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should?
3: Hello and welcome to the Godless Godless Revolution.
1: Revolution. Today is
3: (laughs) Thursday, June 27th. This is episode 254. My name is Dan Ellis, and I'm joined in studio by...
4: Me. And me. And I haven't done that for a while, so I thought I'd mess you up again.
3: (laughs) Oh, you're fine. Uh, so Matt and Ryan are in studio as well. Uh, we are going to cover the debate
5: tonight. Yeah, I guess so.
3: You're welcome. We weren't. We were debating to do it. it. Yeah, we we were debating doing uh, the debate, uh. and this is will be debate number two of the first Democratic debates.
5: Well, we were watching it before we came down here, so we said, let's just fucking do it.
3: Yeah, we're all we. Uh, so the three of us are all interested in watching the debate, and so we were upstairs watching it. There were a bunch of other things, circumstances that were sort of out of our control. We had other things we were planning to do, but then we were like, fuck, let's just go watch the debate downstairs.
6: <laughs> we'll record the
3: show, we'll do the show while watching the debate. Uh real quick, what's been going on for you guys lately? Uh just stuff, life. Yeah, uh, life and
5: stuff. Yeah, driving around a lot. Uh yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's about it. And yeah.
4: <laughs> just Stuff, life, driving around a bit. Hey,
5: we got the same kind of life. Yeah. Weird. Uh Uh, Awesome.
3: Well, I'll talk about some stuff Uh, real quick. Went to Eddie Izzard or Eddie Izzard. Sorry. He Mm. pronounces it Izzard. Uh, That show was fucking awesome. He's very, very cool. Uh, There was an older couple sitting in the audience in front of us. Did they know where they were at? They, and I say older, they were probably in their 50s. Um, which I'm sure to a lot of our listeners is older, but me being 45, I'm like, it's not that old. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they laughed at a lot of the show, but anytime he started talking about anything that was anti-religious or, or talking about him being an atheist, they clammed up like they folded their arms and just uh. kind of had a disgusted look on their face. And then at the end of the show, they didn't wait for an encore at all. They just like they bugged out, <laughs> and it's Surprise, like, they do they not fucking know whose show they're going to see?
4: Yeah, if you are going yeah, to pay, Eddie Izzard for God's sake, yeah.
3: yeah, like he's been an out atheist for a very, very long time. Very outspoken about being an out well, atheist. Yeah.
5: And I-, I figured they may have disliked his uh, style a little more. Of yeah, it was yeah. funny. His show, his
3: show took you from. He's like, I'm going to take you from the beginning of time all the way up to today. <laughs> Maybe into the future a little bit, I don't know. Uh, but it was good. He, I mean, he talked about the Big Bang and evolution and God's absence through billions of years of this planet's existence only to insert himself in our lives within the last few thousand years. So it was very much an anti-religious
5: sketch he had yeah. done. He's like,
3: you know, all of these creatures... Born, raised, you know, born, raised, die, born, raised, die, born, fuck, eat, shit, die, <laughs> born, raised, fuck, eat, shit, die. Billions and billions of years go by, hundreds of thousands of species, born, evolved, wiped out, like, you know, over 90% of the things that have ever crawled on the face of the earth are now extinct. And God was nowhere to be seen. <laughs> nowhere to be seen whatsoever. And, yeah, just a lot of talk like that. It was it was a great show. It was awesome. I really liked it a lot. I got wrecked last Friday, uh, shit-faced fucking drunk, the drunkest I've been in more than a decade with my brother-in-law. I was sick, like, like very sick.
5: Like you just recovered today.
3: <laughs> For two days. I don't remember it well. I have a vague recollection of vomiting my guts out um, and also of being barely capable of self self-ambulating to the bedroom and the bathroom. Tracy had to help me into both. (laughs) And she, the next day in talking to me about it, she's like, you should go and check out the bathroom mirror because there is a forehead print from you on it. (laughs) Apparently while I was holding onto Uh... the bathroom counter and looking at the sink, contemplating what i was going to do with myself apparently i fell forward and smacked my head on the <laughs> mirror pretty hard she thought i was gonna break it
5: that's, that's so, a good thing you didn't break it
3: yeah yeah apparently i was a fucking mess and was sick all day saturday all day sunday and part of the day monday uh, it was it was bad uh really 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 bad <laughs> i apologized to her she's like oh, well, you know shit happens whenever i was just a little worried about you i'm like well I feel bad that you were worried about me because I got that drunk and it just, it just happened. Like I wasn't out on a mission to do it. We were just mm-hmm. sitting around chatting with my brother in law and I drank a lot of whiskey.
5: <laughs> Accidental drunk sometimes is the most painful. Oh yeah. You weren't and it, and on. Yeah,
3: it was like we were just sitting around drinking and it wasn't until I was, we were, we were talking and I started slurring bad enough that I noticed that I couldn't speak. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess it's time to go to bed. And then I went to get up and could barely walk. So (laughs) then I was like, oh, fuck. I'm way too drunk for this.
5: (laughs) Room is spinning.
3: She had to, she had to help me to the bedroom and the bathroom and everything. Uh, what else? What else? Family is in town. They're all right now as we speak in Park City. Tracy's with them and they'll be returning to here
5: tomorrow, I believe, or Saturday. I was up in Park City all day on Tuesday.
3: Yeah. Apparently, well, my, one of my brothers in law. His in-laws have a timeshare in Park City, okay. so they are also in town, and he's staying up there with them and visiting back and forth. Took the kids to Vernal, Dinosaur Park, all that kind of stuff. Um We might be adopting a puppy.
5: What? Like, the, for cause, permanence? Cause,
3: because Tracy set up all of these alerts on
7: these yeah. various
3: animal shelter and humane rescue sites. And never turned them off after we got Ziggy. <laughs> and apparently there was a giant puppy mill somewhere in Texas that was busted. And Oh, they... is this that one
5: she was showing pictures of us to last week?
3: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it's not that puppy specifically, but it's one of his littermates. Okay. So apparently that puppy has been adopted. And we were sent a picture of this very adorable puppy that uh, is apparently one of his sisters, I would guess. And she's super cute, but she also has I think a fucked up toe. Like oh. she she has a she has a mild deformity. I'll have to show you guys. We might be going to see her on Saturday and Uh-oh. maybe bring her home, so we'll have to see how that goes for sure. But here I'll show you the picture of her if this ever decides to quit loading or finish loading.
5: Animals are really good if they have, like, something really nasty they need to have removed like that sometimes. Yeah. They, uh, they adapt pretty well. Well, and this is
3: like, it's just oh, like, yeah. it's like, like it, a little toe.
5: She's yeah, it's a, it's a little toe. It looks like a dew claw, but it's in the wrong place.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of, it looks like it's just a <laughs> minor deformity on one of her paws go for it. Yeah, she's super cute. Look at that sweet little face. But so, yeah, we might be getting another puppy here very soon. Uh what else? What else? What else? I think that might be it. Oh, like okay, I have Achilles I have tendinitis in my right Achilles. That what? sucks. What? Hurts a lot. Uh I think it's from the golfing I gotta, got an appointment on Monday to go and yeah. talk to the doctor about it. Getting old, man. Humans, Breaking down, falling yeah. the fuck apart.
5: Humans don't do as well with getting that kind of stuff removed, so I'm not recommend you getting it removed.
3: Ooh! That just reminded <laughs> me, uh, I, I have to show you guys something during the break. Remind Leave me. Leave your pants uh, on, Dan. No, I, I have to show you guys something. You'll dig it during the <laughs> okay. break. And, and it'll be our little secret. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else, what else, what else? We're, uh, we, have been hinting at doing an episode on placebos. I was planning on doing that this evening, but then the debate kind of took over and I didn't get everything done that I wanted to get done on the placebo episode. That will be coming out soon, shortly here within the next month. We have a couple other things
5: planned, so
3: that will be coming out shortly. I think that is about it and we should get into the debate.
5: Yeah, it might be a long one. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, So we'll see you on the other side of this little break here. Okay.
8: This is Dr. Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God and Sex, Power, and Partisanship, and you are listening to Godless Revolution.
1: Looking at two state and one state, and I like the one that both parties like. I'm very happy with the one that both parties like. I can live with either one.
7: Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now.
3: Okay, before we start talking about tonight's debate, I want to talk about one thing that stuck out or stood out and stuck in my craw about last night, and I've been having discussions slash arguments with people about it all day today, uh, because I made a comment on Facebook, and people are weighing in on it.
5: Yeah, uh, and I didn't comment on Facebook, because I know I'd be talking with you tonight.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so we can, we can talk about it amongst ourselves this evening. There was this moment in the debate last night with Senator Warren that bothered me, and we'll get to why after the clip that we're going to play.
9: Senator Warren, uh, we're going to get to the uh, gun question here in Parkland, Florida. It's just north of here in Broward County. As you know, it has created a lot of teenage activism uh, on the gun issue. Uh, It has inspired a lot of you to come out with more robust plans to deal with guns, including assault weapons ban, but even if you're able to implement that. What do you do about the hundreds of millions of guns already out there, and does the federal government have to play a role in dealing with it?
10: So um, in this period of time that I've been running for president, I've had more than a hundred town halls. I've taken more than 2,000 unfiltered questions, and the single hardest question I've gotten, I got one from a little boy and I got one from a little girl. And that is to say, when you're president, how are you going to keep us safe? That's our responsibility as adults. Seven children will die today from gun violence, children and teenagers. And they won't just die in mass shootings. They'll die on sidewalks. They'll die in playgrounds. They'll die in people's backyards. Gun violence is a national health emergency in this country. And we need to treat it like that. So what can we do? We can do the things that are sensible. We can do the universal background checks. We can ban the weapons of war. But we can also double down on the research and find out what really works, where it is that we can make the differences at the margins that will keep our children safe. We need to treat okay. this like the Thank virus you, that's killing our children.
5: Uh, you didn't address you- well, I think So, well, for me, it was the next thing he says.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, he asked he asked her the, the yeah. question initially, and she didn't quite answer it, and so he does a bit of a follow-up with her.
1: But do, follow-up. Do you think the federal
3: government
9: needs to go and figure out a way to get the guns that are so already out there? What I if,
10: think we need to do is we quickly. need to treat it like a serious research problem, which we have not done. You okay. know, guns in the hands of a collector who's had them for decades, who's never fired them, who takes safety right. seriously. That's very different from guns that are sold and turned over quickly. We can't treat this as an across-the-board problem. We have mm-hmm. to treat it like a public health emergency. Senator. That means bring data to bear, okay. and it means make real change in this country, Thank you, whether Senator. it's politically popular or not. Senator Booker, you have-
3: and so I've now watched this clip probably six times okay. today in addition to in addition to last night. Watching it last night. And I think last night when I first watched it, I, I think my view of it has softened in talking about it with others, but I still so when I heard him ask the question and she didn't answer it, and then he had to ask it again and she still didn't answer it, and then Immediately following that, you could hear Chuck Todd ask, you know, turn to Cory Booker mm-hmm. and ask him a question, and Cory Booker was very passionate and and I think addressed the question.
5: I don't even know that he necessarily laid out a good plan for he, for, for it at all, but he. I think he followed the same line of thought. It was like, hey, we need common sense gun laws. We need yeah. to restrict war, weapons of war. Kind of the same line that Elizabeth Warren started off with, saying getting rid of that stuff. Yeah. But the, where I agree with her is. Well, and I, I totally agree with everything she said. Yeah. What
3: bothered me about Mm -hmm. it is that she didn't answer the question and it felt like a dodge (laughs) to me. It felt like a, it felt like politispeak, weasel words, non sequitur, changing the subject, you know, red herring, all of these things that were that she just, she didn't answer the direct question that was asked of her. And I know for myself, that's a point of frustration when I'm talking to people because I'm so busy all the time that I, if I ask somebody a question, I'm looking for an answer to the question I just asked. Like, I don't need a long story about anything. I don't need a bunch of background, anything. Just answer the question that I asked and then we can move forward. If I have more questions about it, I'll ask you. If you think there's more that you need to say, you can say, this is my answer, but, and then add to it, but. To start out on a bunch of stuff, and this is a frustration I have with Tracy all the time because she's very long winded and adds a bunch of extraneous detail that I Like to get to the point almost inevitably when she's trying to relate some story to me, by the end of it I'm just like, Oh my god, what? I've tuned out about halfway through what you were saying. I apologize, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get better about that, but please, what what was what's the main thrust of the thing you're trying to communicate here? I think it's just a, a matter of having very limited time for other stuff. And so I try to get things done as fast as possible
5: and as efficiently as possible. And well, if she's got a 60 seconds to speak on it, of course she's going to say her heart, emotional side of it as well. Right, yeah. But but I also think... Yeah,
4: she that, will. Women, am I right?
5: <laughs> well, the guys do it too. <laughs> <laughs> but I also felt the question got a little loaded there where it was, are you basically going to use the federal government to go and take people's guns away from them?
3: Yeah, it was. Uh, and, you know, it, the the initial question I don't think was quite as loaded. The, no. The follow-up was, I think, more pointed and direct. Yeah. And that was because... that's what he
5: wanted out of the first part. The first, yeah. Thought, he was kind of hinting at that in the yeah, first part. Yeah, she didn't really
3: well and he didn't even hint at it he said does what role should the federal, the federal government, government play, play in this and should they have a have a role mm-hmm. in it and then when she didn't answer it he made it more pointed and direct to say you didn't really answer the question that i asked here's the question again and then she still didn't really answer it
5: well i mean I, at, at the at the first part she i think she answered a little bit by saying the federal government should do the the actual proper research and data collection and all this which they're not allowed to right now because the nra had laws passed to not well, be able to well, collect that, as much data. But what data. does that have
3: to do with the question of what do we do with the guns that are out there already?
5: Well, that was the second part of the question. Can I pose a question to you, Dan?
4: Yes. <clears throat> How many people do you think would support taking guns away completely?
3: Uh, more than five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think I think there's a growing number of people. Do, that, do that you think that's that. above
4: 10 or 15% of the population?
3: I, I don't, don't think know. so. I would say maybe, 10% maybe of, ten
4: percent of taking
3: yeah. the guns away completely, but that wasn't the question he asked, really, either.
4: No, but that's a that's but a, that's going kind of into a, that territory is a campaign killer.
5: That's I think that's kind of the line he was going down. Yeah, exactly. Saying, Are you going to have the federal government go into people's homes and yeah. take their firearms? That's how it, what it sounded like. Physically to me. away. That's that's how like. Well, and then she could, but but even
3: then, so then she could have just said, "No, I'm not going to send the yeah. federal government around to take away everybody's guns. That's not going to happen." Right. That, that was the question he asked. She could have issued that straightforward. Unless she answer.
4: wants to do that.
3: Then she should have said that. <laughs> right. Like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I guess it, so. I, like, I I want, I don't want to have to, and I had this discussion, uh, Taylor the, and I were chatting. The political speak. Yeah. Well, Taylor and I were chatting about this earlier and, and I told him, you know, there's a bunch of different ways that you could interpret or take what she said. Because she wasn't direct and clear about it. And I don't want to have to fucking interpret what somebody has said. I want them to speak clearly, plainly, and directly, and honestly. And if she's not going to do that, then that's a bit of a problem for me. I love Elizabeth Warren. I think she's awesome. She's my favorite of everybody that's currently running. Really? Uh, Yeah. She's she's currently my favorite. Um, Hmm. I love that she has well-thought-out, reasoned plans. I think she's a great communicator. She's passionate. She's... She's awesome. I, I really love her. Um, and so to me, I think I had, I had been expecting more and better from her. And I, th- I thought this fell short of my expectations. And maybe my expectations are too high or maybe, I don't know. May, there, there, there are a bunch of different ways that you could take what she said yeah. and read a bunch of different things into it. And I think that's a problem. That, that's a problem with politics is that, it's the same thing as fucking religion. Like, somebody can say something, and f- you ask 50 different people what they just said and how they interpreted it, and you'll get 50 different fucking answers. Yeah. Because they
5: weren't clear and concise, direct, and honest. And well, like, when Sarah and I were watching it last night, we kind of both made a comment to each other. Like, well, actually, to us, we're like, that wasn't a, a, a bad response. Because- no, I don't think it
3: was a bad response either. And that's the other point, too. Like, the the post I made on Facebook was that I didn't like, or wasn't pleased with her, or didn't, you know, her basically Elizabeth Warren equivocating on the questions, on the question of guns, I didn't like. And so many people read so much more into that. Like, don't interpret what I'm saying. Read the fucking words. I'm, I'm disappointed that she equivocated because she didn't answer the direct question. She, she did. She, it was the textbook definition of equivocation. She changed What the subject was and what her answer was so as to
5: obfuscate what the answer would be to the direct question she was asked. So would you have liked it better to have her say, I don't have enough data on this yet to know exactly what to do? But I want to have have that that data. I want that data collected and I want to have it researched to find out where are the problem areas. Because she kind of said that a little bit, but she didn't say, I don't have the information. Yeah. She just kind of said, I want to collect the information and then make a decision afterwards.
3: And that's. She didn't even say, we need to collect the information and then, and then I'll make a decision. She didn't address the question. What? Like, and was asked twice and the second time very directly. And like you said, it was a bit of a loaded question. And she could have just been much more direct, concise, and honest about it. And then there would be no debate that I've had with a bunch of different people. You know, like, we would all know, oh, no, this is what she said. This is what she meant. And she did answer the question.
5: I guess the way I interpreted her answer was saying, I want to have – do data-driven legislation, not emotional-driven legislation. Yeah, and I'm all for that. I think that's the best way to go. But
3: she didn't Uh, say that. Yeah. (laughs) Or – I mean, it possibly could be interpreted that she did, but was much more verbose about it. I just, it bothered me as being political speaking and, you know, redirection or misdirection in trying to answer what I thought was, especially after he asked it the second time, was a very pointed and direct question. It deserved, I think, a very pointed and direct answer. Even if it was, I don't know, we need to find out more data before I can come to a conclusion on that or before I can make a decision on that. But we can't get to that point because we're not even allowed to do any studies or or gather information and do research on this yet.
5: Well, I guess the other question is, do you think that was a good follow-up question that he asked?
3: The the second time? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was basically the same question but much more direct. Yeah. Uh, I – I don't I think it's a fine question if you're going to answer it honestly. And I think the the honest and best answer she could have given is exactly what we've said here is I don't know for sure yet. Or yeah, I don't know for sure yet. We need to do more research and get and gather more data on it. And it just I don't know. She took the long way around and didn't address it. But like I said, I'm also softening on it and I can see maybe my snap judgment. (laughs) was well, not the, the best judgment to make there, but it still it still rubs me the
5: wrong way because
3: I expected better and didn't get yeah. what I was
5: expecting. I guess on, on one hand – and this is me interpreting what Chuck Todd – how he asked the question. Hmm. On one hand, of course, you have to use the federal government in order to enforce – if you have federal sweeping gun laws, of course, you need the federal government to help enforce those gun laws, whether that's hmm. making sure the states are following the laws or – Make sure that a federal database is being built. Sending
3: in jackbooted thugs into people's homes,
5: holding them down while you strip away their precious metals and guns. But that's where I think he was leading. It was that direction was being, are you going to use the federal government to literally go to people's homes and remove the firearm from instead of letting the citizen themselves turn the guns in?
3: Yeah. Yeah, instead of like a voluntary instead buyback. Of a, like
5: a voluntary like buyback, are you going to make them...
3: And she could have even asked a clarifying question like, like that. Yeah. Like, are you talking about like uh, a program, like a buyback program, or are you asking me if I'm going to send federal, federal agents. agents into people's homes to, to confiscate their yeah. weapons? And, uh, like, mm-hmm. any of these answers, I think, would have been better than the one she gave. Not that the answer she gave was even bad or wrong. I I agreed with everything that she said there. It's just, like I said, I was expecting more, and she could have been more direct and honest about she needs it to
5: take some claritin <laughs> to...
4: <laughs> even if claritin it killed community. her campaign yeah yeah yeah
3: Beca- what the fuck is the point of running for office if you're not going, going to, to do be... what you're what you say you're going to do and if you're not talking about the things that you're actually going to do like what the fuck is the point of even running Get,
4: getting elected
3: to do what? based on what? Based on a house of lies that then when you get in office everybody's gonna bitch about that? that you're well, not that's kind of what we got right now. Yeah, well. that's the
4: way it works now, yeah.
3: Well yeah, and how happy
4: is everybody. About <laughs> no, it? no, I I agree with you. I'm just <laughs> I'm just throwing out a couple of other little loose ends that were in there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I if I I, I don't know why people feel like they have to lie so much. They don't. Like say what you think and feel and believe. And if people don't like it, then either ask them why and, and adjust your thoughts and feelings about something. If you're in the wrong or if they're wrong, then they can go fuck themselves. (laughs) Like it's, it doesn't seem that difficult to me, but it's maybe I'm being too black and white in my thinking there. But I, I don't know. It, I think it probably goes back to my bias against liars and my, my, Need to try to get things done as quickly as possible all the time because I've got so much shit going
5: on. I don't know. There's a lot of things to play into it. We're all fucking messy apes, man. Well, all I know is this: if we take the rest of the questions in tonight's debate like we did this one, <laughs>
3: it'll be it'll be a, it'll ten, be a 10, hour ten hour long hour show. show. Yeah. So
5: let's not do that. We'll we'll hurry.
3: We'll we will be much more expedient. But I thought this needed to be addressed because I've been arguing with people about it all day. Well arguing with one person primarily who oh, okay. was just kind of being a shit like I, I that's the other thing that really bothers me when i am trying to have a discussion with people online and they're really sarcastic and flippant and just shit posting and shit commenting like what the fucker like it makes me just want to block them immediately like if you're not going to have an uh, an honest conversation with me then what the fuck are you wasting yeah. my time for that again it ties back to lying and time like <laughs> wasting my time and lying about shit or being dishonest or or not not seeking to have an honest discussion and conversation about something just seeking to score points that fucking bother
5: y- you know me. Who, uh, mm-hmm. who steve hofstetter is name sounds familiar uh comedian uh he's known for putting up his videos online of people when they heckle him mm. Uh, he puts him on Facebook and he d- destroys hecklers. Yeah. So more people turn up to heckle him. So people know that you like to get into arguments on Facebook. <laughs> so I wonder if some people just show up just, just to, to argue, argue with me. you.
3: That could be. I, I was going to say, I also fucking hate hecklers. Like I didn't pay to listen to you, <laughs> random <laughs> crowdfucker, stand up Proud or fucker. just yell shit. From your fucking pie hole. I, can't, I paid good money to see a performer do their work and you're fucking it up. Shh, sit down, and shut the fuck up. Yeah. That bothers me. So many things in the world
5: bother me, Ryan.
3: <laughs> Matt, I just don't know. All right. Uh, all right. So let's move on to.
5: The uh, tonight's debate?
3: Tonight's debate. Yeah, I've got last night's debate here and the clip exclusively of Warren's thing. And here we are, here's here's tonight's debate. Okay, let's get into it.
0: You have it. Night two of the first round of democratic debates from Miami. They begin now. Oh, wow, that was louder.
2: Good evening, I'm Lester Holt, and welcome to night two of the first Democratic... Well, now it seems really low. Did
5: you turn it down? Yeah, I was just turning it down, because I bet there'll be some point where we'll talk over them while they're doing this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, sure. We should probably skip
2: forward a bit.
5: Yeah, because... We'll skip forward. This is just them introducing... So, while we're getting ready here, we noticed that on their tables they're sitting at... Uh. They have the, oh, the moderators. photos. The moderators. Yeah, yeah, the moderators. They have the photos lined up on the tables of all the people that are up on stage, like they don't know their names.
3: <laughs> like, like they need they need little
4: a little. I think cheat they, yeah. to grab. I think yeah. they <laughs> borrowed this from sports announcers. Oh yeah, is it the sports announcers? Uh, team? I think so because yeah. every once in a while you'll see like some. Deep roster spot player catch a ball or something, oh, yeah. and they then you know can the, guy's the announcers number fifteen with the catch. You know and they they're like flipping through their notebook.
5: <laughs> Fuck, who's wearing fifteen? Yeah, tonight? I imagine the people that announce horse races have to do the same thing. Probably there's no way you can remember all those fucked up horse names. Uh, yeah, like Secretariat, yeah. so weird. No, that, that's an easy one. Some of them and are, some bacon are and waffles. Bacon and waffles is second. Bacon and waffles a yeah. second. Yeah. Randy, Randy's the third. <laughs> Randy,
11: <laughs> yeah.
3: So we were talking also (laughs) Um, while we were watching this upstairs and drinking beer and eating pizza. Yeah. Uh, the positioning of candidates on the stage. And we've, we've decided, we're not entirely sure that this is the case, but we've decided that it must be that the top contenders or front runners are placed in the center of the stage at the center podiums. And then as your poll numbers and support dwindle, you are then spread. Yeah to the right and left of center.
5: Which we're all betting is, it's.
3: it it looks like that. Just based on the people who are in the wings and who's in the center, that's that's what it looks to be. And I'm happy to see Marianne Williams at the far end of the stage. I'm also happy to see John Hickenlooper at the far end of the stage. Well, they're
5: afraid of her goop.
3: (laughs) There are some candidates running who I think should not be, and I'm sure will be dropping out within the next month or so. Uh, Williams, I hope, is one of them, but she's very tenacious, so she but may stay around even if she's not
5: gaining more support. And Until the money's gone?
3: Well, she's... Yeah, well, she has a bunch of money herself. She is a guru. She's a woo-monger. She is, like, she pals around with Oprah and celebrities offering them spiritual advice, and it's all... Airy, fairy, nonsensical. Well, some of it makes sense, and some of it is good advice, but a lot of it is just very fucking wooey, yeah. Deepak Chopra-ish bullshit.
5: You just almost cited half of uh, Tim mentioned storm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it's very much like that kind of bullshit.
5: And if you haven't heard that, go fucking listen <laughs> to yeah. it.
12: In a recent interview, you said you suspected that Americans would be, quote, delighted to pay more taxes for things like that. My question to you is, will taxes go up for the middle class in a Sanders administration? And if so, how do you sell that to voters?
13: Well, you're quite right. We have a new vision for America. And at a time when we have three people in this country owning more wealth than the bottom half of America... While 500,000 people are sleeping out on the streets today, we think it is time for change, real change. And by that, I mean that healthcare, in my view, is a human right. And we have got to pass a Medicare for all single payer system <laughs> under that system.
3: Now we just need to figure out who all the humans are.
5: <laughs> One, he also didn't answer the question right away either yeah. and he continues not to answer the full question
13: next yeah. by the way
5: vast majority of the people in this country
13: will be paying significantly less for health care than they are right now i believe that education is like a the phone future ringing in the for this background country. someone
5: probably has their phone and in their that pocket is why
13: i believe that we must make public colleges and universities tuition free and eliminate student debt, and we do that by placing a tax on Wall Street. Every proposal that I have brought forth is fully paid for.
12: Senator Sanders, I'll give you 10 seconds just to ask the, answer the very direct question Will you raise taxes <laughs> for the middle class in the Sanders administration?
13: People who have health care on the Medicare for all will have no premiums no deductibles, no co-payments, no out of exp- out of pocket expenses. Yes, they will pay more in taxes, but less in health care for what they get. Thank
12: you, Senator. <laughs> Senator-, I, I, Senator-
3: I, 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 and we've talked about that point on the show several yeah. different times and it's a tricky point to get across to people, but yeah, he needs he needs to work on his elevator pitch for that like you're going to raise my taxes? What do you mean you're going to raise my taxes? P- because people want free shit. On top of free shit, they don't want to have to pay their taxes, yeah. and they want free medical care. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. Doesn't
5: fucking work. Anymore. Like, okay, okay, so what? Your your average person is paying close between five hundred and close to a thousand bucks a month. A lot of people that have their own private health insurance. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You won't be paying that much in the tax. Yeah. So you won't, you won't... be paying that five hundred to a thousand dollars a month. Instead, you might be paying one hundred and fifty in taxes. And guess what? When they go to the fucking hospital, you don't owe them another fucking five hundred dollars to go see the doctor or the emergency room visit. Yeah.
3: Well, and even, I mean, even if it were in a straight across trade where all of the money that I'm currently paying toward my healthcare plan was diverted directly in, to taxes. Yeah. And then everything my employer was paying was diverted in, directly to taxes. Like it's not going to change my paycheck at all. What it will change is the fact that I don't have to fucking deal with an insurance yep. company anymore. Yeah. I don't have to deal with fucking co-pays. I don't have to deal with uh fucking deductibles, any of that bullshit. I just, Go to the fucking doctor.
5: That's all yeah, I have yeah. to do. So, yes, you are paying more in taxes, but your actual take home pay will be more. will be more or not affected at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And
4: and you'll have a lot more peace of mind.
5: Yeah. 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 And you won't have to worry about, to about filing bankruptcy because you get cancer.
3: Right. And then not having to wade through all of that paperwork and yeah. bullshit just
5: to go see a fucking doctor. Or, oh, wait, is my insurance going to pay for this or not? Right. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Senator Bennett, we're going to get get to everybody, I promise, but let me just,
12: Senator Biden, promise, everybody's going to get in here, promise. uh, Vice President Biden. Senator Sanders, as you know, has been calling for a revolution. Recently, in remarks to a group of wealthy donors, as you were speaking about the problem of income inequality in this country, you said, we shouldn't, quote, demonize the rich. You said, nobody has to be punished. No one's standard of living would change. Nothing would fundamentally change. What did you mean by that?
14: What I meant by that is, look, Donald Trump thinks Wall Street built America, Ordinary middle-class Americans build America. My dad used to have an expression. See, said, Joe, a job is about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's being able to look your kid in the eye and say everything's going to be okay. Too many people who are in the middle class and poor have had the bottom fall out under this proposal. What I'm saying is that we've got to be straightforward. We have to make sure we understand that to return dignity to the middle class, they have to have insurance that is covered and they can afford it. They have to make sure that we're in a situation where there's continuing education and they're able to pay for it. And they have to make sure that they're able to breathe air that is, is, is clean and they they have water that they can drink. Look, Donald Trump is put us in a horrible situation we do have enormous income inequality and the one thing i agree on is we can make massive cuts in the 1.6 trillion dollars in tax loopholes out there and i would be going about eliminating donald trump's tax cuts for the wealthy vice president biden thank you
3: now you'll notice that he mentioned trump a couple different times Uh, a few and that was one of the criticisms for lack of a better word of last night's debate is that Trump was basically a non-entity. Nobody even discussed him. He was never brought up. And, you know, in the, in the post debate wrap up where they go into the spin room and they're interviewing candidates and everything, you know, that, that question was brought up to a lot of the different candidates. None of them had a very solid answer. And Tracy was sitting there who really only pays attention to politics because she Kind of has to because I have the shit on at the house all the time, whether it's in my office or in the kitchen or yeah. downstairs or whatever. Like, I have the news going all the time. And if she gets bored of it or is tired of it, she just goes into another room. <laughs> or she says, I can't fucking watch this bastard anymore. I'm going to the other room. Uh But so she was sitting there and she just turned to me and she said, well, why the fuck should they have to talk about Donald Trump at all? We're not here. Like, we all know that they oppose Donald Trump. That's why they're, they're running, running for against president. him. Like... That seems silly that they would have to state that in addition to running, you know, that they oppose Donald Trump. Of course they oppose him. That's the yeah. whole fucking point of them being yeah. on stage right now.
11: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so that was interesting. That he out of the gate, he must have heard a bunch of that criticism and thought, well, I'm going to go at the president. Or he thinks that because he's the current front runner, maybe he needs to take a more direct shot at the president. He's already set himself a little bit more apart from the rest of the pack, and so then he can attack who maybe his opponent
5: in the the actual election. In a year from now.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
12: Senator Harris. There's a lot of talk in this primary about new government benefits, such as student loan cancellation, free college, health care, and more. Do you think that Democrats have a responsibility to explain how they will pay for every proposal they make along those lines?
7: Well, let me tell you something. I, I hear that question, but where was that question when the Republicans and Donald Trump passed a tax bill that benefits the top one percent? Yes. Of the corporations in this country contributing at least a $1 trillion to the debt of America, which middle-class families will pay for one way or another. Working families need support and need to be lifted up, and frankly, this economy is not working for working people. For too long, the rules have been written in the favor of the people who have the most, and not in favor of the people who work the most, which is why I am proposing that we change the tax code so for every family that is making less than $100,000 a year, they will receive a tax credit that they can collect at $500 a month, which will make all the difference between those families being able to get through the end of the month with dignity and with support or not. And on day one, I will repeal that tax bill that benefits the top 1% and the biggest corporations of America.
3: I think that was a great answer. Yeah. yeah that, was like very, that. that was a very populist answer. I like that a lot.
5: And I've, I've, I've heard a few people argue that the new Trump tax plan, you, well, you are saving money. You get more in your paycheck. I'm like motherfucker, my paycheck ain't changed, and I'm also paying an extra thousand dollars in taxes at the end of the year.
4: Yeah, he doesn't change your withholdings. No.
5: Well, that's your employer's or job, or your your
4: not your withholdings, your uh, dependents.
3: Well,
5: you know ha- yeah. well, I have. Well, even with me, I have no dependents. I had zero changes. But that's from- what
4: affects how much you get back, or how much you pay throughout the year, right?
5: It's no. a big part of well, it. Well, it's, it's a part of it, but. Because I claim zero throughout the whole year, and I claim zero when I do my my taxes and I've done that my whole life, but this last year compared to the other years, it was a thousand dollar less. I paid a thousand dollars more, and then you got a thousand dollars less well also? I, well i would have if I would have had uh, gotten my return, I had to pay back that first time home, but I had to pay back that credit. If I once had to pay back that credit, I would have gotten a thousand dollars less in my rebate compared to the previous years. Hmm. Hmm.
12: Thank you. Governor Hickenlooper, let me get you in on this. You've warned that Democrats will lose in 2020 if they embrace socialism, as you put it. You were booed at the California Democratic (laughs) Convention when you said that.
5: wonder
3: why he should have been because it was a stupid fucking comment to make. And he's going to be dropping out of the race very soon.
12: Only one candidate on this stage, Senator Sanders, identifies himself as a Democratic Socialist. What are the policies or positions of your opponents that you think are veering towards socialism?
8: Well, I think that the bottom line is if we don't clearly define that we are not socialists, the Republicans are going to come at us every way they can and, def- and call us socialists.
3: So fucking what? Let them call you the socialist. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, are you looking to get Or do you actually think that you would get, or any of the Democratic candidates would get votes from a Republican who would view anybody as a socialist? Like, that's not going to fucking happen. The people that would say that you're a socialist and follow along with that are never going to fucking vote for you anyway, you stupid shithead. Well, socialism pays
4: their paycheck. And we have enough young, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we have enough young voters who don't care about the scary socialist word. Yeah. That if they all got out and voted would not it wouldn't wouldn't matter what the baby boomers thought anyway
11: yeah
3: yeah it it just it was a it was a dumb thing to say at that convention when he was booed, and it's a dumb thing to say now.
8: And if you look at the Green New Deal, which I admire the sense of urgency and how important it is to do climate change, I'm a scientist, but we can't promise every American a government job. If you want to get universal healthcare coverage, I believe that healthcare is a right and not a privilege, but you can't expect to eliminate private insurance for 180 million people, many of whom don't want to give it up. In Colorado, we brought businesses and nonprofits together. We got near universal health care coverage. We were the first state in America to, to bring the environmental community and the oil and gas industry to address, aggressively address methane emissions. And we were also the first place to to expand reproductive rights on a scale basis and we reduced teen pregnancy by 54 percent. We've done the big progressive things that people said couldn't be done. I've done what pretty much everyone else up here is still talking about doing.
12: Right, Governor, thank you, Senator Except Sanders. Except for a
5: single-payer health care system. Yeah. In free school. Yeah. The the things that
3: he
4: thinks are socialist programs.
12: So I'll give you a chance to to weigh in here. Well, what he, is your response to those? It, he's, not,
4: say- he's not worried about what – it's not that he thinks they're socialist. He's worried what the Republicans will say about them.
12: Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. even worse.
4: Yeah, that's worse. <laughs>
12: Nominating a socialist would re elect Donald
13: Trump. Well, I think the responses at the polls, last poll I saw, had us 10 points ahead of Donald Trump because the American people understand that Trump is a phony, that Trump is a pathological liar and a racist. I
3: fucking love that he said that. That is fucking wonderful and amazing. I just. Not
5: even sugarcoating it.
3: Yeah fucking this is what i trump think and just being open and honest about it.
5: yeah yeah. Just, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna check trump's twitter right now
3: there was there was absolutely no fucking politis speak there it was calling a spade a spade like i think donald trump is a pathological liar and a racist no oh well you know he throws out dog whistles and there are people white nationalists whatever who follow him and think that he's great and when no he's a fucking liar and a racist both of those things are absolutely
1: true
4: Hey gang, this is Jack Materko from Foreign Infernal Use Only and the Naked Diner Podcast, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution.
1: All appropriate departments of our government, from homeland security to defense, are engaged fully in the disaster. And the response and recovery effort probably has never been seen for something like this. This is an island surrounded by water. Big water, ocean water.
7: You and the godless revolution will be reassimilated in
15: three,
5: two, one. Oh, you're looking at Donald Trump's Twitter. I'm confused. Oh, yeah? All Democrats just raised their hands for giving millions of illegal aliens unlimited health care. How about taking care of American citizens first? That's the end of the race. Yeah, Jesus. I'm sure – well, it's because we're behind
3: He's addressing Well, that was that over they've... an hour ago. Yeah, well, we're an hour – we're more than an hour behind, so. Are we? Yeah.
5: Oh. <laughs> but it's on the, the healthcare thing, so we'll, we'll see when that comes up. When, yeah. they, when that comes up, I'll read that again. Okay. Okay.
13: <laughs> and that he lied to the American people during his campaign. He said he was going to stand up for working families. Well, President Trump, you're not standing up for working families when you try to throw 32 million people off the health care that they have, and then 83% of your tax benefits go to the top 1%. That's how we beat Trump. We expose him for the fraud that he is.
3: I fucking love that answer. That was awesome. I still really like that. I disagree with yeah.
15: Their perspectives. The debate we're having in our party right now is confusing because the truth is there's a big difference between capitalism on the one hand and greed on the other. And so all the things that we're trying to change is when companies care more about profits when they do about people. So if you're talking about ending gun violence, it's the greed of the NRA and the gun manufacturers that make any progress impossible. It's the greed of the insurance companies and the drug companies when we want to try to get health care as a Senator right and not Gilliprin. a privilege. So thank there you. need not be disagreement in the party because in truth we want healthy Senator, capitalism. Thank you. We don't want corrupted capitalism. Thank you, I want to be fair to definition all the candidates. The candidate. you. Senator Bennett you have
12: said "Quote: It's possible to write policy proposals that have no basis in reality. You might as well call them candy." Were you referring to any candidate or proposal in particular when you said
6: that? Was that directed to me? Yes, that was your quote. That sounded like me. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It was
11: you. I appreciate it. Um,
3: He
6: seems like a pretty decent guy. I agree completely with Bernie about what the fundamental challenge we're facing as a country is: forty years of no economic growth for ninety percent of the American people, one hundred sixty thousand families in the top point one percent have the same wealth as the bottom 90%, and we've got the worst income inequality that we've had in 100 years. Where I disagree is on his solution on Medicare for all. You know, I I have proposed getting to universal health care, which we need to do. It is a right. Health care is a right. We need to get to universal health care. I believe the way to do that is by Finishing the work we started with Obamacare and creating a public option that every family and every person in America can make a choice for their family about whether they want a public option, which for them would be like having Medicare for all, or whether they want to keep their private insurance. I believe we will get there much more quickly if we do that but wait but Bernie mentioned. Yes. Bernie if I could just finish Bernie mentioned that the taxes that we would have to pay because of those taxes Vermont rejected Medicare for all because <laughs> you know. they didn't Senator. understand it
12: still, Senator. To talk about health care at length, Senator, but at a, for the moment, I, my colleague can say yeah, I wrote the part board. in Senator Sanders'
15: bill. I wrote the part in Senator Sanders' bill that is the transition, which merges what the two senators said. Senator, because the truth is, if you have a buy in over a four or five year Senator, period, I, you move us to single payer more quickly.
16: Senator, we will get to this. We will get to this.
3: I, I, <laughs> <you>. <laughs>
5: That's
3: the other problem with having this fucking many yeah. people on
5: stage is that you can't. Which is why they broke it up into two nights, but still a lot of people on stage for both yeah. nights. Yeah. But the thing that worries, I think his thing would cost more money. Because if, uh, if you Bennett's, keep, yeah. if you keep the system of, well, private insurance and then there's this single pair kind of thing over here that you can buy into, well, how does that help?
3: Yeah, it seems a weird thing. Like it's, it's not a very good way to transition, I think.
5: I don't know. I'd have to
3: see this specific proposal and how and he plans to carry it out, but it does sound like it would just it would, I, I cause think more confusion it would cause, and cost more.
5: Well, it would definitely cost more because if you stayed with the option of the – you're paying for a different option, mm. and a lot of people go with the state option, well, the other options got going to have to raise their costs because mm. there's fewer people on it mm. versus just dying out like the dinosaur it is. Yeah. I think probably
3: the best way to handle it is just to say – the government is rolling out a single-payer option. This is what you get for it. You can sign up for it or not. You can continue to maintain your private health care insurance if you want, but the government has a single-payer
5: solution available for you. I, well, fuck. But well, then how do you... I think I think health insurance companies, if they want to stay in the business, they're going to have to pivot. Yeah. It's no longer going to be for going in for... They'll
1: be AFLAC. Ah,
5: well, <laughs> I'm going more for... Like if you wanted, if you're going to have elective surgeries, something that your health insurance normally doesn't pay for anyways, you could, they would have to pivot into a market for that. Be like, okay, well, we'll cover elective surgeries. This is for an added thing on top of your healthcare plan where your healthcare plan takes care of you break a bone, you get sick, you get injured. Your healthcare takes care of that. If you want to go get LASIK, if you want to go have plastic surgery, if you want to go have any of these elective things done. Well, here's an insurance plan you can buy into if you're doing that kind of stuff, or just to have there in case you decide to. So you don't have to pay as much.
3: Well, that's not even really an insurance plan then. That's more like a group membership thing where...
5: Well, that's probably going to be about their only option. If people, they want to try to stay afloat in some kind of market.
3: Yeah. Yeah, the transition to a a single-payer plan is going to be messy for sure. Well, because
5: the the other big part about a single-payer plan is that it, it also fix costs across the board mm-hmm. it's not that if i go to this hospital it's going to cost me ten thousand dollars for hip replacement but if i go to the one across the street it's going to cost forty thousand mm-hmm. it's no that surgery costs one dollar amount no matter what yeah and you mm-hmm. as the person going to see the doctor don't even really have, don't to, have to care about yourself that it's the hospitals it. yeah. are basically told hey this is what we pay for this surgery
16: done yeah I, I want to say hello and good evening, Buenas noches to uh, Mayor uh, Butujudge.
0: Buenas noches, gracias de invitarnos.
16: caballero. <laughs> Many of your colleagues on stage support free college. You do not. Why not?
0: Sure. So college affordability is personal for us. Jason and I have six-figure student debt. I believe in reducing student debt. It's logical to me that if you can refinance your house, you ought to be able to refinance your student debt. I also believe in free college for low- and middle-income students, for whom cost could be a barrier. I just don't believe it makes sense to ask working-class families to subsidize even the children of billionaires. I think the children of the wealthiest Americans can pay at least a little bit of tuition. And while I want tuition costs to go down, I don't think we can buy down every last penny for them. Now, there's something else that doesn't get talked about in the college affordability debate. Yes, it needs to be more affordable in this country to go to college. It also needs to be more affordable in this country to not go to college. You should be able to live well. Afford rent. Be generous to your church and little league. Whether you went to college or not, that's one of many reasons we need to raise the minimum wage to at least $15 an
17: hour. Jose, uh, I've got $100,000 in student loan debt myself. Uh, let I'll me get you, to you. <laughs> in, 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 I, I got who a story, too. Last hey, years who were around hey. This problem was created to be the ones to solve it. It's going to be the next generation, the 40 million of us who can't start a family, can't take a good idea and start a business, and can't... Buy our first home. This is the generation that's going to be able to solve student loan debt. This generation is ready to lead.
16: Uh, Mr. Yang, your, your signature <laughs> policy is to give every adult in the United States $1,000 a <laughs> month, no questions Two asked. Thumbs up but, for uh, Andrew. Uh, I think that's like $3.2 trillion. The only candidate, a year.
3: not an address or a tie. How would you
16: do that? Yeah. Sorry? How would you do that?
18: Oh, so it's difficult to do if you have companies like Amazon, trillion-dollar tech companies, paying literally zero in taxes while they're closing 30% of our stores. Now, we need to put the American people in position to benefit from all these innovations and in other parts of the economy. And if we had a value-added tax at even half the European level, it would generate over $800 billion in new revenue, which combined with the money in our hands, it would be the trickle-off economy billion, from our people, families, and communities trillion. up. We would spend the money, and it would circulate through our regional economies and neighborhoods, creating millions of jobs, making our families stronger and healthier, we'd save money on things like incarceration, homelessness services, emergency room health care, and just the value gains from having a stronger, healthier, mentally healthier population would increase GDP by 700 billion dollars. This is the move that we have to make, particularly as technology is now automating away millions of American jobs. It's why Donald Trump is our president today that we automated away four million manufacturing jobs (coughs) in Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, and we're about to do the same thing to millions of retail jobs, call center jobs, fast food jobs, truck driving jobs, and so, on and on through
16: the economy. sure if I get you uh, understand a little bit better, so are you're saying $1,000 a month for everyone over 18, but a value-added tax, so you can spend that $1,000 on value-added tax? Well,
18: the value-added tax would end up um, – you'd still be increasing the buying power of the bottom 94% of Americans. You have to spend a lot of money for a mild value-added tax to eat up $12,000 a year per individual. So for the average family with two or three adults, it would be
16: 24 dollars to $36,000 a year. Okay. Uh, Congressman Swallow, I want to talk a little bit about what uh, Mr. Yang is talking about, and you just actually
3: – So I am just looking over the people on stage right now. I think the only person who has not said anything yet is Marianne.
5: <laughs> right? She's
3: the only candidate thus far who has not said anything throughout the. She
5: hasn't tried debate. to chime in. Yeah. I'm a little fuzzy on this value added tax. Thing. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what it is. Okay. Either. Might have to do some research on yeah, that. Yeah. We can look
3: it up later. <laughs>
16: mentioned that many Americans are worried that things like self-driving cars, robots, drones, artificial intelligence will cost them their jobs.
17: What would you do to help people get the skills they need to adapt to this new world? We must always be a country where technology creates more jobs than it displaces. And I've seen the anxiety yeah, across America. It's kind America of, it's kind where of the opposite of how it works. Yeah. A thousand to a hundred to one. So we have to modernize our schools, value the teachers who prepare our kids, wipe the student debt from any teacher that goes into a community that needs it, invest in America's communities, especially where places where the best exports are people- Is he saying who that because the left side of his face but is a cyborg? <laughs> <laughs> I was six years old when a presidential candidate came to the California Democratic Convention and said, it's time to pass the torch to a new generation of Americans. That candidate was then Senator Joe Biden. Joe Biden was right when he said it was time to pass the torch to a new generation. That was that was a double-edged oh. whammy, right? Like he's trying to he's trying to
3: appeal to younger voters. He's trying to get all of the youngsters to, to vote yep. small well and while also a, poking the big Biden. Guy. I remember when I was six years old and uh, Joe Biden was saying great things. Now I'm an adult and he's old and he's not saying, saying great those.
17: things. <laughs> generation of americans 32 years ago he's still right today if we're going to solve the issues of automation pass the torch if we're going to solve the issues of climate chaos pass the torch if we're going to solve the issue of student loan debt pass the torch if we're going to end gun violence for families who are fearful of sending their kids to school pass the torch Vice, get the fuck out of
3: the way old man that's what i'm hearing
5: yeah. <laughs> but the look on joe's face is like well played yeah, well
14: good line played. good line buddy President, would you like to sing a torch song? I (laughs) would. I'm still holding on to that torch. I wanna make it clear to you, look, the fact of the matter is what we have to do is make sure that everybody is prepared better to go on to educate for an education. The fact is that that's why I propose us focusing on schools that are in distress. That's why I think we should triple the amount of money we spend for Title I schools. That's why I think we should have universal pre-K. That's why I think every single person who graduates from high school, 65 out of 100 now need something beyond high school and we should provide for them to be able to get that education. That's why there should be free community college, cutting in half the cost of college. That's why we should be in a position where we do not have anyone have to pay back a student debt when they get out, they're making less than $25,000 a year. Their debt is frozen, no interest payment until they get beyond that. We can't put people in a position where they aren't able to go on and move on. And so folks, there's a lot we can do, but we have to make continuing education available for everyone so that everyone can compete in the 21st century. We're not-
3: Goddamn, $25,000 a year, that's the limit at which you would set having to pay back your student loans? Like, how the fuck can you live on $25,000 a year as your salary, then you've got all of your taxes and, 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 other, and other deductions taken out of there, then your rent, then your... Like, that $25,000 a year is less than a $15 per hour... Minimum.
4: Oh, way less.
3: So he's he's saying that if you're making less than what should be the minimum wage that we have now. Yeah. Well, of course, like I think that twenty five thousand dollar level needs to be raised quite a bit.
4: Yeah, like four times.
3: Well, I would say probably if you're, I would say probably fifty or sixty, like at least double that. Like if you're not making that much, then. Your their student loan debt is suspended, or payments on it is suspended because that's just. I would like to see Joe Biden try to live on twenty five thousand dollars
4: a year. Yeah, he's a, never had to do it. Yeah,
5: I, I just I just had to do the the math on it. So throughout the whole year, I pay just under fifteen thousand dollars in mortgage. Mm-hmm. They probably aren't even getting fifteen thousand right. dollars after yeah. taxes. No, if you're. Income is 25000 a year. No, dude, and even the rent... The rent is too goddamn high! The rent here in Utah <laughs> is, is ridiculous. fucking
3: ridiculous now. It's I, almost as much as I was paying on the mortgage for my first home. Yeah, yeah. I, I
5: look at places in Salt Lake where I'm like, I'm like, you want fifteen or $1,600 a month for this shitty 800-square-foot apartment? Yeah, for a fucking <laughs> I'm apartment? Like, I'm like, I'm paying $1,300 a month for an over 2,000-square-foot home. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and earning equity on that. yeah? not just pissing it away on rent. <laughs> not doing that now. As
0: the youngest guy on the stage, I feel like I probably it's ought to contribute of, to the oh, generation. It's part of Joe's generation.
5: It's <laughs> <all laughs> part of Joe's generation. <laughs> See, here's the other. Here's before? Off the rail.
13: That is not generational.
5: generational. Let's, let's, please, please. It's
13: not generational. The issue who has the guts
19: comment, to then.
3: Oh, that was Marianne Williamson chiming in there in the background.
13: Take on Wall Street, to take on the fossil fuel industry, to take on the big money interests who have unbelievable influence over the economic and political life of this country. These issues that are very not very Senator Bill Harris, Marianne,
16: Senator Sherry, Harris, I'm so sorry. We you will let all of you speak. Senator Harris, Senator Harris, please.
3: See, that's, you just can't have this many people on stage. Then you waste a lot of time in crosstalk. And,
5: I vote we put them all in those big puffy sumo suits, and whoever wins gets to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I think they probably should have had more stringent rules. Like,
3: ten people on stage at a time is
5: too many, and it's too many to have over two different debates. Like What would have probably been better was a week... He could have done it. A week of town halls where each town hall has two or three representatives yeah. sitting in on that town hall. That would have been amazing. And the better. questions are directed from the audience. The audience directs a question directly to the candidate. Yeah. Ask them the question. Then of course the moderator asks a few questions too. But they would have been able to talk more, yeah. get their point across in a way better way, and communicate with questions that are probably coming directly from constituents
3: that is a really good idea i think um i think the only concern there is then the, you worry about uh viewer burnout like over a how week. many? yeah, how yeah. Many times, you know how many hours are people gonna actually sit down and watch and then you're jockeying for a position of well well i want to be first and and who do then who do you pair up for these town hall yeah. meetings and stuff but really at this it, point it shouldn't matter because we're not they're not really debating each other at this point no. they're they're they're, they're, they're trying to get their, their tiny their, little their, 60 second stump speeches yeah time. which is what a town hall basically is yeah
16: I'll for let her. you all speak. You can't afford so hard, to wait part of
7: for the wait on okay, guys, you know what? America does not want to witness a food fight. They want to know how we're going to put
5: food on their table. <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one.
3: I think she was probably sitting on that one yeah, for yeah. just <laughs> such
11: a moment. Yeah. On
7: that point, part of the issue that is at play in America today, and we've all been traveling around the country, I certainly have, I'm meeting people who are working two and three jobs. You know, this president walks around talking about and flouting his great economy, right? My great economy, my great economy. You ask him, well, how are you measuring this greatness of this economy of yours? And he talks about the stock market. Well, that's fine if you own stocks so many families in America do not you ask them how are you measuring the greatness of this economy of yours and they point to the jobless numbers and the unemployment numbers well yeah people in America are working they're working two and three jobs so when we talk Mm -hmm. about jobs let's be really clear in our America no one should have to work more than one job to have a roof over their head and food on the table
5: Thank you very much. Yes. I agree 100%. That's a very
2: good answer. we expressed an interest in talking it's about health so like let's, see, time let's, time let's talk time about health care. And this is going to be a show of hands question. We asked a question about health care last night that spurred a lot of discussion, as you know. We're going to do it again now. Many people watching at home have health insurance of their employer. Who here would abolish their private health insurance in favor of a government-run plan? Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> did you see?
3: <laughs> so, 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 Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders both raised their hands. I think they were the only two on stage well, that did it. And, and then Joe, Joe Biden, looks over. He's Joe Biden
5: of... was like, uh, 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 "Well, m- 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 maybe." <laughs> here's the thing: uh. they all have government insurance. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they all. Well, it's
3: well, it's private health insurance uh, but through paid the government by the government. Yeah. yeah. Jill,
2: Jill Brand, so no, Jill
15: so, no, it's my turn. so um, this is a very important issue. So the plan that Senator Sanders and I and others support Medicare for All is how you get to single payer. But it has a buy-in transition period, which is really important. In 2005, when I ran for Congress in a two-to-one Republican district, I actually ran on Medicare for All. And I won that two-to-one Republican district twice. And the way I formulated it was simple. Anyone who doesn't have access to insurance they like, they could buy in at a percentage of income they could afford. So that's what we put into the transition period for um, our Medicare for All plan. I believe we need to get to universal health care as a right, not a privilege, to single payer. The quickest way you get there is you create competition with the insurers. God bless the insurers if they want to compete, they can certainly try, but they've never put people over their profits and I doubt they ever will. So what will happen is people will choose Medicare. You will transition. We will get to Medicare for all, and then your step to single payer is so short. I would make it an earned benefit, just like Social Security, so that you buy in your whole life. It is right. always there for you, and it it's permanent and it's universal. Senator, your
2: time is I want to turn, put that same. That was question really good too. To, I like
0: Gillibrand. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we've taught, look, everybody who Yo, says Medicare for All, every person in <laughs> politics who allows that phrase to escape their lips has a responsibility to explain how you're actually supposed to get from here to there. And here's how I would do it. It's very similar. I would call it Medicare for All Who Want It. You take something like Medicare, a flavor of that, you make it available on the exchanges, people can buy in, and then if people like us are right, that that will be not only a more inclusive plan, but a more efficient plan than any of the corporate answers out there, then it will be a very natural glide path to the single payer environment. But let's remember, even in countries that have outright socialized medicine, like England, even there, there's still a private sector. That's fine. It's just that for our primary care, we can't be relying on the tender mercies of the corporate system. This one's very personal for me. I started out this year dealing with the terminal illness of my father. I make decisions for a... What happened? living it up, could Dan. have prepared me for the kind of decisions <laughs> sucking our up all face. the internet. but the thing we had going for us was that we never had to make those decisions based on whether it was going to bankrupt our family because of medicare and I want every right, family to have that same freedom to do what is medically right not live in your
2: time is complete that vice president Biden I want to put the question to you you were an archi- one of the architects of Obamacare so where do we go from here
14: well, look this is uh, very personal <laughs> to me yeah uh, when uh my wife and daughter were killed in an automobile accident. My two boys were really very badly injured. I couldn't imagine what it'd be like had I not had adequate health care available immediately. And then when my son came home from Iraq after a year, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer and uh, he was given months to live. I can't fathom what would have happened if, in fact, they said, by the way, the last six months of your life, you're on your own. We're cutting off. You've used up your time. The fact of the matter is that the quickest, fastest way to do it is build on Obamacare. To build on what we did. And, and secondly, secondly, to make sure that everyone does have an option. Everyone, whether they have private insurance, employer insurance, or, or no insurance, they, in fact, can buy in in the exchange to a Medicare-like plan. And the way to do that, we can do it quickly. Look, urgency matters. There's people right now facing what I faced. And what we faced without any of the help I had, we must move now. I am against any Democrat right. who opposes that takes down time. Obamacare, and any Republican who wants to get rid of it. Let Obama's. me let me turn Let's to Senator down. Sanders. Senator
2: Sanders, you have basically—you basically want to scrap the private health insurance system as we know it and replace it with a government-run plan. None of the states that have tried something like that—California, Vermont, New York—has struggled with it. Have been successful. If politicians can't make it work in those states, how would you implement it on a national level? How does this
5: work? Other countries
2: Listen, have I done it. I
5: find it, it hard
13: yeah. to believe that every other major country on earth, including my neighbor, 50 miles north of me, Canada, somehow has figured out a way to provide health care to every man, woman, and child, and in most cases, they're spending 50% per capita what we are spending. Let's be clear, let us be very clear. The function of health care today from the insurance and drug company perspective, is not to provide quality care to all in a cost-effective way. The function of the healthcare system today is to make billions in profits for the insurance companies. And last year, if you could believe it, while we pay the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs, and I will lower prescription drug prices in half in this country, top 10 companies made $69 billion in profit. They will spend hundreds of millions of dollars lying to the American people telling us why we cannot send a Medicare for I, all I just have, I, I just have-
3: That's absolutely true. Insurance companies aren't seeking to provide the best care for their patients. Yeah. They're seeking to provide an adequate level of care so that people don't necessarily die right away. They get some care, but they're looking to maximize profits. They're not looking to maximize mm-hmm. Benefits for uh, uh, health benefits for people. They're looking to maximize their bottom line and profits. Well, that's that's the whole fucking reason they're yeah, in
4: and that's why they have teams of lawyers who fight every penny yep. of they a claim that. because they're trying to not pay out anything ever.
5: Yep. Well, it's also like when everyone's saying if we raise minimum wage to fifteen dollars, Burger King burgers are going to cost so much more money because they got to pay more money. It's like yeah, <laughs> no. What's not going to happen is their CEO isn't going to get a $20 million bonus this year.
4: Well, why don't we just try it and see? If everything's, if the worst-case scenario is everything is the same, then great. Who cares, right? Yeah. Then we're, we're where we started. So let's just try it and see if that's your big argument against it.
2: Yeah. yeah. I have to follow up there. How do you implement it on a national I'm sorry? level? How do you implement it on a I'll national level given the fact it's it's not succeeded in other states have tried? I will tell you how we'll do it
13: we will do it the way real change has always taken place. Whether it was the labor movement, the civil rights movement, or the women's movement. We will have Medicare for all. When tens of millions of people are prepared to stand up and tell the insurance companies and the drug companies that their day is gone, that health care is a human right, not something to make huge profits I, off I, of I, I,
2: I, 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 I can't believe you've had this cold for four and a half years. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, I'm addressing the question, Ms. Williamson. We've been talking oh, wait, a lot about access to, to health insurance, but for many Americans, their most pressing concern is the high cost of health care. How would you lower the cost? of uh, prescription drugs
19: well first of all the government should never have made the deal with the big pharma that they couldn't negotiate that was just part of the regular corruption by which multinational corporations have their way with us you know i want to say well i that? agree with that that's what i was
3: yeah. talking about earlier like I don't. I can't place it. It's like hoity-toity. I don't know. That's the. I am rather rich. That's the. (laughs) The prissy. You should pay
4: attention to what I am saying. So it's. 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 She's from Pretensia.
3: It's the. (laughs) It's the Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek accent.
19: I'm, I'm with Senator Bennett and others, but I agree with almost everything here. I'll tell you one thing: it's really nice that we've got all these plans. But if you think we're going to beat Donald Trump by just having all these plans, you got another thing coming. Because he didn't win by saying he had a plan. He actually, he did say he had a plan. Make America great again. We've got to get deeper than just these superficial fixes, as important as they are. Even if we're just talking about the superficial fixes, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have a health care system in the United States. We have a sickness care system in the United States. We just wait till somebody gets sick, and then we talk about who's going to pay for the treatment and how they're going to be treated. What we need to talk about is why so many Americans have unnecessary chronic illnesses, so many more compared to other countries. And that gets back into not just the, health, the uh, big pharma, not just health insurance companies. It has to do with chemical policies. It has to do with environmental oh, policies.
2: It has inspiring. to do with food policies. It has to do with drug policies. Oh, Senator, a question for you. She you was want to, think, going was to woo. <laughs> yeah, I curing. think
3: I think some of those are valid concerns. Of course, the environmental concerns and and the uh, and even to some extent the chemical concerns and stuff like that. But it's why we need regulations and better regulations, Yeah. Our oversight of these companies. Not chemicals are bad kind of bullshit, which is the dog whistle I hear from her, her. way too fucking often.
2: Yeah. Bill Dottie, you mentioned that a moment ago, is that enough to get us to universal coverage? I, I believe that will get us the
6: quickest way there. And, and I thought the vice president was very moving about this and Mayor Pete as well. I had prostate cancer recently, as you may know, and why I was a little late getting in the race the same week my kid had her appendectomy out. And I feel very strongly that families ought to be able to have this choice. I think that's what the American people want. I believe it will get us there quickly. There are millions of people in America that do not have health insurance today because they can't. They're too wealthy, wealthy. They make too much money to be on Medicaid. They can't afford health insurance. When Senator Sanders says that Canada is single payer, there are 35 million people in Canada. There are 330 million people in the United States. Easily the number of people on a public option, they could, it could easily be thirty-five million, and for them, it what? would be Medicare for all, as as Mayor Buttigieg says. But for others that want to keep it, they should be able to keep it, and and I think that will be the fastest way to get where we need to go. I,
3: I got really confused by that answer. I got. Yeah,
5: I, I don't think the I number of citizens should make a huge difference because if Canada has thirty million 35 million people in it and they all pay into the system and 35 million people use it okay that works coverage yeah Why? and if in the u.s you got 300 million people and there's 300 million people paying into it like
3: math scales yes that's that's kind of how like math works like even i understand those percentages
6: Also, like I will point say, point Bernie is a very honest person. He has said over and over again, unlike others that have supported this legislation, over and over again, that this will ban, make it illegal all insurance except cosmetic, <laughs> except insurance for—I guess that's for plastic surgery. Everything else is banned under the Medicare for All proposal that he has go a little longer like there, to
5: there, to but point I want—but I never heard, heard him say ban. A here. Yeah, yeah, Senator, Senator, Senator just, about just about
13: briefly. This. You know, Mike. Medicare is the most popular health insurance program in the country. People don't like their private insurance companies. They like their doctors and hospitals. Under our plan, people go to any doctor they want, any hospital they want. We will substantially lower the cost of health care in this country because we'll stop the greed of the insurance.
3: That was a fucking fantastic point. I think Sanders just made is that people don't like their health insurance, they yeah. like to see the doctors that yeah. they see. Yeah, yeah. They like to go to the hospitals that they're familiar with. They don't fucking care what private insurance company they have as their provider to pay these doctors. They yeah. just want to see these same fucking yeah. doctors
5: and hospitals. And they don't want to go in and have their doctor be like, Oh wait, we don't cover that program for this. Yeah. yeah which is what they run into a lot, a lot with private insurance. And companies. sometimes it's not till after you see the doctor, when you find out, Oh, they don't cover that now i gotta pay a hundred fucking percent of it
3: yeah sorry we tried to check this ahead of time but it looks like your insurance company may have changed or their policies may have changed or their coverages may have changed like
5: like you experienced yeah exactly
11: On, and the on this, this,
7: English, today, on the this issue, this we have to think about time? how this affects real our people. Lifetime, for all. And the reality and today- of how this affects real people <laughs> is captured in a story that many of us heard, and I will paraphrase. There is any night paraphrase in America, a parent who, seeing that their child has a temperature that is out of control calls 911, what should I do? And they say, take the child to the emergency room. Can't afford it. so they get in their car and they drive and they're sitting in the parking lot outside of the emergency room looking at those sliding glass doors while they have the hand on the forehead of their child, knowing that if they walk through those sliding glass doors, even though they have insurance, they will be out a $5,000 deductible, $5,000 deductible when they walk through those doors. That's what insurance companies are doing.
11: Yes. Today, are going
17: yep. I want to one put one it in please please. I'm one of those parents. Is- I was just in the emergency room, and I'm telling Congressman, you, Congressman, thank you. We fight health insurance companies every single week. We stand in line and pay expensive prescription drugs. We have to have a health care guarantee. If you're sick, you're seen, and in America, you never go broke because of it. Okay,
12: Without a lot of you have back. been talking tonight about these government health uh, care plans that you've proposed in one form or another this is a show of hands question and, and hold them up for a moment so people can see raise your hand if gover- if your government plan would provide coverage for undocumented immigrants
5: that's where he was that's where then Trump's, Trump's Trump tweet Trump came from why
12: mayor is why
0: because our country is healthier when everybody is healthier. And remember, we're talking about something people are giving a chance, given a chance to buy into. In the same way that there are undocumented immigrants in my community who pay. Uh, they pay sales taxes. They pay property taxes directly or indirectly. This is not about a handout. This is an insurance program. And we do ourselves no favors by having 11 million undocumented people in our country be unable to access health care. But of course, the real problem is we shouldn't have 11 million undocumented people with no pathway to citizenship. It makes no sense. And um, the American people people agree on what to do. This is the crazy thing. If leadership consists of, of forming a consensus around a divisive issue, This White House has divided us around a consensus issue. The American people want a pathway to citizenship. They want protections for dreamers. We need to clean up the lawful immigration system, like how my father immigrated to this country. And as part of a compromise, we can do whatever common sense measures are needed at the border. But Washington can't deliver on something the American people want. What does that tell you about the system we're living in? It tells you it needs profound structural reform.
3: That was a great answer. I really appreciated that answer because it wasn't just, yeah, we should cover all of the illegals so anybody who wants to randomly enter our country can get free health care. That's not how this is going to work. And it's not just that we have to address the issue of health care, but we also have to address the issue that Donald Trump has made a national crisis through the fucking things that he has done with his administration to make immigration that much worse for people
12: president biden i believe you said that your health
3: care and also that fucking tweet that he made yeah <laughs> was is is an unconscionable thing to even fucking say he might as well have said we're not going to give them soap and toothbrushes either oh here which yeah. is what they're oh. which is what they've basically been arguing in court anyway well, wait yeah. On, yeah.
5: on on that note his tweet right below that uh, from four hours ago. Bipartisan humanitarian aid bill for the southern border just passed. A great job done by all. Now we must work to get rid of the loopholes and fix asylum. Thank you also, Mexico, for the work you've been doing on helping the illegal immigration. A very big difference. You are applauding a bill that is fixing a problem you created. Yeah. Yeah, that's just it. He
3: wanders, he stumbles into a fucking problem, makes it worse, somebody else fixes it, and he claims victory.
14: Yep. A shit
17: shipbag
12: plan would not cover undocumented immigrants could you explain your
14: position i'm sorry I beg your pardon Andrew.
12: i believe with the show of hands you did not raise your hand Did you raise your hand? No, no, I did. Okay. Sorry, sorry. I I think everyone did. So you said you would be covered under your plan, which is different than Obamacare.
14: Yes, but here's the thing. Can you explain
12: that change?
14: Yes. You cannot let, as as the mayor said, you cannot let people who are sick, no matter where they come from, no matter what their status, go uncovered. You can't do that. It's just going to be taken care of, period. You have to. It's a humane thing to do. But here's the deal. The deal is that he's right about three things. Number one they, in fact, contribute to the well-being of the country, but they also, for example, they've increased the lifespan of Social Security, because they're, they have a job, they're paying a Social Security tax.
3: That That's what never they're doing. Yeah, Increase yeah. the lifespan.
14: They would do the same thing in terms of reducing the overall cost of health care by them being able to be treated and not wait till they're in extremist. The other thing is, folks, look, Extremists. we can deal with these insurance companies. We can deal with the insurance companies by, number one, putting insurance executives in jail for their misleading uh, the, the misleading advertising, what they're doing on opioids, what they're doing paying doctors to prescribe. We could we could be doing this by making sure everyone who is on Medicare that the government should be able to negotiate the price for whatever wh- wh- whatever the drug costs are. We can do this by making okay. sure that we're in a position that we in fact allow people. I'm time's up. <laughs> <not right. laughs> exactly.
11: Hold off a of minute. We,
14: we
2: need to take a people. short break yeah. here. We got a lot more we need to so, talk to all of you about. So stick with us. We- on, on what he
5: was just talking about there with uh being able to basically put them in jail, mm-hmm. agree one hundred fucking percent. Because mm-hmm. if you can take uh an executive from Ford or Chevy and say we know that you knew your seatbelts were defective in your car and you kept producing that vehicle with that defect in there and lying, and about you it. lied about yeah. it. You are fucking liable for those people that died in those cars with those defective seatbelts. Yep. Yet, we haven't been able to put a single person in jail that knowingly knows that they're producing a prescription drug that's highly addictive and easily abused and is over-prescribed because that makes them way fucking money. Way
3: over-prescribed.
5: Because that's what they want.
3: Yeah. Way over-prescribed, way over-ordered. Yeah. I mean, you've you've got, you know, small little towns with populations of 10,000 people ordering millions of pills. That that should set off all kinds of yeah. Red flags and
5: alarms and warning bells. Yeah, we don't have an issue with that. Yeah. They're completely clean and clear on those types yeah. of things. They
3: don't have to face any repercussions nope. for that at all.
5: Alright. Well, while
3: they're taking their little break, we'll take a little break to Oh time to go pee pee.
7: Ah. <laughs> Hey, everybody, I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. We have the Latter-Day Lesbian Podcast. It's the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Mm-hmm. And so we do that every week on a podcast, don't we? We do. You're supposed to jump in. Sorry. Just jump in anytime. Okay. I'm here. <laughs> we are available on your favorite podcast app. Just uh, look for Latter-Day Lesbian, where your favorite podcast can be heard. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution.
1: But if I become president, we're all going to be saying Merry Christmas again. That I can tell you.
7: Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible.
5: And we're back. Yeah, we are.
3: Uh Uh-oh. Maybe. Oh, there it is. There you
6: go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. We said that already.
2: Thank you very much,
16: Senator Harris. Last month, more than 130,000 migrants were apprehended at the southern border. Many of them are being detained, including small children, in private detention centers yeah. in Florida and crazy. throughout our country.
11: Yeah. Most of the candidates mm.
16: on this stage say the it conditions at these really facilities mad. are abhorrent. On January 20th. 2021, if you are president, what specifically would you do with the thousands of people who try to reach the United States every day and want a better life through asylum?
7: Immediately on January 20th of 2021, I will, first of all, we cannot forget our DACA recipients. And so I'm going to start there. I will immediately, by executive action, reinstate DACA status and DACA protection to those young people. I will further extend protection for deferral of deportation for their parents and for veterans who we have so many who are undocumented and have served our country and fought for our democracy.
5: It should be automatic citizenship in my yeah, opinion. I will immediately
7: should. put in place a meaningful process for reviewing the cases for asylum. I will release children from cages. I will get rid of the private detention centers. And I will ensure that the, the, this microphone that the President of the United States holds in her hand is used in a way that is about reflecting the values of our country and not about locking children up, separating them from their parents. And I have to just say that we have to think about this issue in terms of real people. A mother who pays a coyote to transport her child through their country of origin, through the entire country of Mexico, facing unknown peril to come here. Why would that mother do that? I will tell you. Because she has decided for that child to remain where they are is worse. But what does Donald Trump do? He says, go back to where you came from. That is not reflective of our America and our values, and it's gotta end. She's doing go a go?
3: great job. I'm yeah. really impressed with Harris so far.
16: Day one. She's fired up. Yeah. Well, thing day I, one I, at the White House.
19: What, how
16: do you respond? Deal with, these, with these children? I, I, Let me get to you in, in, in just a second. I'm sorry. Uh,
19: <laughs>
16: Governor, day one, thousands of men, women, and children cross the border asking for asylum for a better life. What do you do? One, day one, hour one. Well, certainly the images we've seen this week
8: just compound the emotional impact that the world is judging us by. If you'd ever told me any time in my life that this country would sanction federal agents to take children from the arms of their parents, put them in cages, actually put them up for adoption, in Colorado we call that kidnapping, I I, I would have told you... (laughs) It's true. I would have told you yeah. it was unbelievable. And the the first thing we have to do is recognize the humanitarian crisis on the border for what it is. We make sure that there are the sufficient fel- uh, facilities in place so that women and children are not separated from their families, the children are with their families. Uh, we have to make sure that, that ICE is completely reformed and they begin looking at their job in a humanitarian way where they're addressing the whole needs of the people that they are engaged with along the border. And we have to make sure, ultimately, that we provide not just shelter, but food, clothing, and access to medical care. Ms. Williamson.
19: Yes, what Donald Trump has done to these children, and it's not just in Colorado, Governor, you're right, it is kidnapping. And it's extremely important for us to realize that. If you forcibly take a child from their parents' arms, you're kidnapping them. And if you take a, a lot of children and you put them in a detainment center, thus inflicting chronic trauma upon them, that's called child abuse. This is collective child abuse. And when this is crime, both of those things are a crime. And if your government does it, that doesn't make it less of a the crime. These are state sponsored crimes. Uh, and what President Trump has done is not only attack these children, not only demonize these immigrants, he is attacking a basic principle of America's moral core. We open our hearts to the stranger. This is extremely important. And it's also important for all of us to remember, and I have great respect for everyone who is on this on this on this stage. But we're gonna talk about what to do about health care. Well, where have you been, guys? Because if it's it's not just a matter of a plan, and I haven't heard anybody on this stage who has talked. About American foreign policy in Latin America and how we might have, in the last few decades, contributed to something being more. Senator
16: Gillibrand,
3: probably because that question hasn't been posed yet. (laughs) 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 I mean, I don't. I I'm just going to say I don't like Marianne Williamson. I think she's a turd. I don't think she's got a chance. And that's my bias, and it's going to shine through in everything she says.
4: Turd? Why? uh, I just think
3: she just rubs me the wrong way. The the pretentious hmm. accent that she puts on. Well, what if, a, what if, like I say, she's a woo monger too. Just. What
4: if you found out that she was deaf as a child and that's, yeah. <laughs> and that's, it's a speech impediment. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well then that would, that would obviously moderate and change and my she'd view, be a
4: bigger turd. But I, but no, sounding be, like an idiot.
3: She'd be, she'd be less of a turd, but <laughs> she'd still sound like one or sound like a turd. <laughs>
4: While we're at it, fuck Helen Keller.
15: (laughs) Yeah.
16: Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) Okay. What would you do as president with a reality? (laughs)
15: Well, one of the worst things about President Trump that he's done to this country is he's torn apart the moral fabric of who we are. When he started separating children at the border from their parents, the fact that seven children have died in his custody, the fact that dozens of children have been separated from their parents and they have no plan to reunite them. So I would do a few things. First, I would fight for comprehensive immigration reform with a pathway to citizenship. Second, I would reform how we treat a Asylum seekers at the border, I would have a community based treatment center where you're doing it within the communities, where asylum seekers are given lawyers, where there's real immigration judges, not employees of the Attorney General, but appointed for life, and have a community based system. I would fund border security, but the worst thing President Trump has done is he's diverted the funds away from cross border terrorism, cross border human trafficking, drug trafficking, and gun trafficking, and he's given that money to the for profit. Prisons. I would not be spending money in for-profit prisons to lock up children and asylum seekers. We had
16: a very spirited debate on this stage last night on the topic of decriminalization.
3: That was a good answer from Gillibrand also. And while while she was saying that, I was also reflecting more on Marianne Williams and what she said. And what rubbed me wrong about what she just said in that previous segment was, hello, where were all of you people? (laughs) Well, we weren't writing self-help books and being Oprah's fucking guru. We've been in politics for a large portion of our lives, working to improve the lives of other people. You can say that you've been doing the same by writing your self-help books and all of that other stuff. But, yeah, we've been here. What the fuck are you even talking about, lady? What qualifications do you have to be here?
5: She probably told someone to rub testicles on their forehead to alleviate their cancer.
3: (laughs) You need to put some jade eggs in your vagina. Yeah. Oh no, that's wrong, woo-y, wrong, wooey person.
5: She probably the believes
16: border. it. <laughs> if you'd be so kind, raise your hand if you think it should be a civil offense rather than a crime to cross a border without documentation. <laughs> can we keep the hands up so we could see them?
0: And uh, let's remember, that's not just a theoretical exercise. That criminalization, that is the basis for family separation. You do away with that, it's no longer possible. Of course, it wouldn't be possible anyway in my presidency because it is dead wrong. we got to talk about one other thing because the Republican Party likes to cloak itself in the language of religion. Now, our party doesn't talk about that as much, largely for a very good reason, which was we are committed to the separation of church and state, and we stand for people of any religion and people of no religion. But we should call out hypocrisy when we see it. And for a party that associates itself with Christianity, to say that it is okay to suggest that God would smile on the division of families at the hands of federal agents, that God would condone, putting children in cages has lost all claim to ever use religious language again. Vice president. Ooh.
3: I ordinarily don't like when he drifts into religious stuff, but but I like the way he
5: began it though, too, saying, you know, Hey, we're here to represent all faith and non-faith. Yeah. Why are you saying boo? I don't want a religious left.
3: No, I don't either. But I think
5: and it's he, I think it's good to point out the hypocrisy, which I think is what well, he's well. I think what about. he was basically saying goes, you, yeah, that's they're not fucking Christians on the other side, even though they claim to be. Yeah, but
4: that's fallacious, and it's bringing no and it's bringing God into a whether the question wasn't asked. Yeah, boo, boo,
5: Pete. <laughs> well, we all know he's been going after the Christian vote. Oh, boo. for sure, yeah, boo, Pete.
3: Yeah, I, I. I appreciate him calling out the hypocrisy and saying that you know there's a very good reason that Democrats, by and large, don't bring religion into it because we do believe in a separation yeah. of religion and government. Mm-hmm. That's all good. Yeah. It's just
4: the it's just the scorn with which he was talking about that no true Scotsman.
3: Yeah, if that God would smile, like as if God that would that's want a Christian you, Christian
4: thing. Why? Well, are you talking about the same God that says dash the babies upon the rocks? Because then he probably wouldn't care if you separated from mom first.
5: Yeah. Well, only so, but you got to dash them upon the rocks. Oh yeah, not <laughs> put them in a cage. Right, not right, put right. them in a cage. They're, they're just yeah. doing the separation so it was, that they're
3: doing is they're doing it in the wrong, wrong way. way. It's they're more not, it's more yeah.
4: a problem of execution really yeah, than <laughs> literally yeah. execution.
5: Yes. <laughs> yeah. God wants them dead, it's not cage. Logistically <laughs>
4: problematic. Uh, boo, Pete. Boo. <laughs> <laughs>
16: I don't know if you raise your hand or were just asking to speak. Look, uh, Would you first decriminalize thing, the first crossing thing, the border without documents?
14: The Trying first to thing I would do is unite families. I'd surge immediately. Billions of dollars worth of help to the region immediately. Look, we talk about foreign policy. I'm the guy that got a bipartisan agreement at the very end of the campaign, at the very end of our term, to spend $740 million to deal with the problem. And that was to go to the root cause of why people are leaving in the first place. It was working. We saw, as you know, a net decrease in the number of children who were coming. The crisis was abated. And along came this president. he said he immediately discontinued that. We all talk about these things. I did it. I did it 740 McNello yeah. Second thing, second thing we have to do. The law now requires the reuniting of those families. We would reunite those families, period. And if not, we put those children in a circumstance where they were safe until we could find their parents. And lastly, the
3: a idea that he's in court
14: with his <laughs> justice department, department saying, oh. children in cages do not need a bed, do not need a blanket, do not need a toothbrush. That is outrageous. Vice President, the Obama-Biden administration was... The uh, Obama-Biden
16: administration deported more than 3 million Americans. My question to you is if an individual is living in the United States of America without documents, and
14: that is his only offense, should that person be deported? No, De- depending if they committed a, a major crime, they should be deported. And the president was left. in. His, president Obama, I think, did a heck of a job to compare him to what, what this guy's doing is absolutely, I find, close to immoral. But the fact is that, look, we should not be locking people up. We should be making sure we change the circumstance, as we did, why they would leave in the first place. And those who come seeking asylum, we should immediately have the capacity to absorb them, keep them safe until they can be heard. A 15 second, if you could, if you wish
16: to answer, should someone who is here without documents, and that is his only
14: offense. Should that person be deported? That person should not be the focus of deportation. We should fundamentally change the way we deal with them.
6: <laughs> Senator,
18: okay, oh, he answered it. Important. Yeah, yes. that's good. I suggest
14: that I agree with a lot of what Kamala just said,
13: and that is, on day one, we take out our executive order pen and we rescind every damn thing on this issue that Trump has done. Absolutely. Number two, every damn thing. Two, picking Go up with. on the point that Joe made, we got to look at the root causes. And you have a situation where Honduras, among other things, is a failing state. Massive corruption. You got gangs who are telling families that if a 10 year old does not join that gang, that family is going to be killed. What we have got to do on day one is invite the presidents and the leadership of Central America and Mexico together.
16: This is a hemispheric problem that we have got to address. Congressman Swalwell. What do you do? Day one? No. If someone is here without documents and that is their only offense, is that person to be deported?
17: No. That person can be a part of this great American experience. That person can contribute. My congressional district is one of the most diverse in America and we see the benefits when people contribute and they become a part of the community and they're not in the shadow economy. Day one for me? Families are reunited. This president, though, for immigrants, there's nothing he will not do to separate a family, cage a child, or erase their existence by weaponizing the census. And there is nothing that we cannot do in the courts, and that I will not do as president, to reverse that and to make sure that families always belong together. Senator Harris.
7: Well, thank you. Um, I will say, no, absolutely not. They should not be deported. And, and I actually, this was one of the very few issues with which I disagreed with. Um, the administration um, with whom I otherwise had a great relationship and a great deal of respect. But on the secure communities issue, I was attorney general of California. I led the second largest Department of Justice in the United States, second only to the United States Department of Justice in a state of 40 million people. And on this issue, I disagreed with my president because the policy was to allow deportation of people who by ICE's own definition were non-criminals. So as attorney general and the chief law officer of the state of California, I issued a directive to the sheriffs of my state that they did not have to comply with detainers and instead should make decisions based on the best interest of public safety of their community because what I saw, and I was tracking it every day, I was tracking it and saw that, par- that parents people who had not committed a crime, even by ICE's own definition, were being deported. But I have to add a point here. The problem with this kind of policy, and I know it as a prosecutor, I want a rape victim to be able to run in the middle of the the street and wave down a police officer and report the crime against her. I want anybody who has been the victim of any real crime to be able to do that and not be afraid that if they do that, they will be deported because the abuser will tell them
2: I figure that's where she was headed. We're going to with to that. the issue of trade now. If we can't, long time, we way asked to get the candidates on yeah. the stage to name the greatest geopolitical threat she facing the U.S. The Four of them mentioned yeah. China. U.S. businesses say China steals our intellectual property, and party leaders on both sides accuse China of manipulating their currency to keep the cost of goods artificially low. I'll ask this to Senator Bennett to start off with. How would you stand up to China?
6: I think that first of all the the biggest geo- the, the the biggest threat to our national security right now is Russia not China. And second on China we've got competition because of what they've done with our election. In China, I think the president's been right to push back on, tr- on China, but has done it in completely the wrong way. We should mobilize the entire rest of the world, who all have a shared interest in pushing back on China's mercantilist trade policies, and I think we can do that. I'd like to answer the other question before this, as well. Do you, do you have the time? When, here? I, when, I, when I see these kids at the border, I see my mom because I know she sees herself, because she was separated from her parents for years during the Holocaust in Poland. And for Donald Trump to be doing what he's doing, to children and their families at the borders. I say this as somebody who wrote the immigration bill in 2013 that created a pathway to citizenship for 11 million people in this country that had the most progressive dream act that's ever been conceived, much less passed. It got 68 votes in the Senate that had $46 billion of border security in it. There was sophisticated 21st century border security, not a medieval wall. And the (laughs) president has turned the border of the United States into a symbol Senator, of nativist hostility that the whole world is looking at when what we should be represented Senator, by is the Statue of Liberty which has brought Living. my parents to this country to begin with. We need to make a change.
2: That Mr. was Yeh, very that good. On uh, like the issue that. Of China. You've, you've expressed a lot of concerns about technology and taking jobs. Are you worried Belgium's about China? So how would you stand up against <laughs> it?
18: Well, I just want to agree that I think Russia is our greatest geopolitical threat because they've been hacking our democracy successfully, and they've been laughing their asses off about it for the last couple of years, so we Keep should focus ass. on that before we start worrying about uh, other threats. Now China, they do and power the
3: property is <laughs> a massive problem,
18: but the tariffs and the trade war are just punishing businesses and, pro- and producers and workers on both sides. I met with a farmer in Iowa who said he spent six years building up a buying relationship in China that's now disappeared and gone forever. And the beneficiaries have not been American workers or, or people in China. It's been Southeast Asia and other producers that have then stepped into the void. So we need to, to crack down on Chinese uh, malfeasance in the trade relationship, but the tariffs and the trade war are the wrong way to go.
0: Mayor up, how would you stand up against China? Yeah, I mean, first of all, we've got to recognize that the China challenge really is a serious one. This is not something to dismiss or wave away. And if you look at what China is doing, they're using technology for the perfection of dictatorship. Folks who aren't uh, oh, in the shadow of a factory are yeah. somewhere near a soy field. There, there's a product. jump there in time. Yeah, little, and manufacturers, and especially soy farmers, are hurting. Tariffs are taxes. And Americans are going to pay, on average, $800 more a year. Because of these tariffs. Meanwhile, China is investing so that they could soon be able to run circles around us in artificial intelligence. And this president is fixated on the China relationship as if all that mattered was the export balance on dishwashers. We've got a much bigger issue on our hands. But at a moment when their authoritarian model is being held up as an alternative to ours because ours looks so chaotic compared to theirs right now because of our internal divisions. The biggest thing we've got to do is invest in our own domestic competitiveness. If we disinvest right, Mayor, in our you. own infrastructure, education, we are never going to be able to compete. And if we really want to be an alternative, a democratic alternative, we actually have to demonstrate that we care Mayor, about democratic thank values you. at home thank you for and your around answer. the world. We've got a good debate so far.
12: We're going to take a quick break here, candidates. When we come back, the questioning continues with our comments.
3: Rachel Maddow's gonna be there. I like Rachel Maddow. I know. She's really cool. I'll lock like her a up. Well, there, there have been some good
5: answers in there. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, there were, there were some very good answers. Uh, Andrew Yang, I have a very hard time taking seriously.
5: Is, is he the youngest one running? No. I think Buttigieg no? is Buttigieg the youngest. younger than him. Yeah.
3: yeah, he said, Buttigieg said okay. to that as the youngest person ah. here on stage, I can't remember if he said on stage or in the Whole. candidate pool or whatever, but yeah, he's, okay, he's younger than Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang, I think he's got some good ideas about some things. I think UBI is a great idea. Uh, paying for it would be a challenge, yeah, but there are plenty of wealthy people and corporations that aren't paying what I believe would they, be their fair share, and that could certainly go
5: a long way to pay for for some of that. But I mean. At some point in history, it's gonna have to happen. If we keep advancing technologically, it's gonna be like, well, motherfuckers, we don't need any more workers. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's gonna drive trucks anymore because they're all gonna be driving them fucking selves. And yeah.
3: thanks for playing our game. Yep. See you later. Bye. 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 Uh, and we're gonna take a break. Well, they take a break again. Okay. You're welcome.
20: Hi, this is Yvette D'Entremont, a.k.a. The Sci-Babe, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. You can find me at sci at my Twitter account at The Cybabe, and if you've hunt really hard, you can find me
10: at Pornhub. I dare you. We've
1: broken virtually every record because, you know, look, I only need this space. They need much more room. For basketball, for hockey, for all the sports, they need a lot of room. We don't need it. We have people in that space. So we break all these records. But really, we do it without, like, the musical instruments. This is the only musical, the mouth. It's, and hopefully the brain attached to the mouth, right? The brain. More important than the mouth is the brain. The brain is much more important.
7: Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now.
3: Did you miss us? Because we're back now. Oh, yeah. They're coming back also. I'm going to play the video s'mores. Cause Chuck Todd and Rachel Maddow are coming up now.
2: Welcome back to the Democratic Presidential Debate from the R Center in Miami. As we continue the questioning,
12: we want to bring in more members of our team. So let's turn it over to Chuck Todd and Rachel Maddow.
16: Wow. Wow. Rachel, I had a dream that
9: we've done this before. No. No, no, this no, is definitely Didn't happen. The first time. Definitely first time. Thank you, uh, Lester, Savannah, and Jose. And hopefully, hopefully, they, they won't have the microphone problems. More time. Right? Yeah. Candidates qualified they, for this. Hopefully, they turn debate. them We've off. Heard yeah. From ten of them from last night, we're hearing from ten more tonight. Breakdown for each night was selected at random. Candidates will have sixty seconds to answer direct questions, thirty seconds for follow-ups, if necessary.
20: Because of this large field of candidates, not every person will be able to comment on everything. But the less audience reaction there is, the more time they will all get. <laughs>
5: <laughs> over the, of the next hour, we And if will they could stop trying to talk over each other. Yeah. But we
20: are going to begin this hour uh, with
5: family. Yeah, we don't want a food fight. In uh, yes. the last
20: five years, civil <laughs> rights activists in our country have led a national debate over race and the criminal justice system. Your community of South Bend, Indiana, has recently been in uproar over an officer involved shooting. The police force in South Bend is now 6% black in a city that is 26% black. Why has that not improved over your two terms as mayor? Ooh.
0: Because I couldn't get it done. My community is in anguish right now He's being because honest. of an officer involved shooting. Yeah. A black man, Eric Logan, killed by a white officer. And I'm not allowed to take sides until the investigation comes back. The officer said he was attacked with a knife, but he didn't have his body camera on. It's a that seems convenient. And we're yeah. hurting. And I could walk you through all of the things that we have done as a community. All of the steps that we took from bias training to de-escalation, but it didn't save the life of Eric Logan. And when I look into his mother's eyes, I have to face the fact that nothing that I say will bring him back. This is an issue that is facing our community and so many communities around the country. And until we move policing out from the shadow of systemic racism, whatever this particular incident teaches us, we will be left with the bigger problem of the fact that there's a wall of mistrust put up one racist act at a time, not just from what's happened in the past, but from what's happening around the country in the present. It threatens the well being of every community. And I am determined to bring about a day when a white person driving a vehicle and a black person driving a vehicle when they see a police officer approaching feels the exact same thing a feeling not of fear but of safety i am determined to bring that day about
11: god
3: damn that was a good answer yeah that got me a little choked up
4: yeah well he was he was expecting that question i'm sure
3: oh yeah well but yeah i'm sure he had to have been expecting it because it's been all over the news that he Mm -hmm. didn't handle it very well initially and well, I
5: mean, his initial response saying I didn't get it done. Well, yeah, in this his his initial response was great, I think, and
3: being honest and just saying, yeah, yeah I I didn't get it done. There are things we've tried, but it's
5: it, didn't it work. hasn't
3: been very effective, and it of course didn't it didn't uh it didn't change things in a way that would have not ended up in the death of this of mm-hmm. this person, and I have to live with that, and I have to address that and and know that nothing i say or do will bring him back and yeah that was that's rough it's it's a tough position that a lot of politicians will find themselves in i i'm sure over the course of their political career yeah. and to face that with such bald raw emotional truthfulness i think was awesome that yeah was, that was great
8: hey,
11: if
8: yes. 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 I could, Mr. 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 I could Mr. ask one, one question, just because I think... Governor, I'll give you
20: 30 seconds.
8: I think that uh, the question they're asking in South Bend, I think in cities across the country, is why has it taken so long? Uh, we had a shooting when I first became mayor, 10 years before Ferguson, and the community came together. and We created an Office of the Independent Monitor, a civilian oversight commission. We diversified the police force in two years. We actually did de-escalation training I think the real question that America should be asking is why, five years after Ferguson, every city doesn't have this level of police accountability.
0: Governor Hickenlooper, thank we, you. I've got to respond to that. <laughs> As a Republican. We've taken so many steps toward police accountability that, you know, the FOP just denounced me for too much accountability. We're obviously not there yet, and if, I accept responsibility camera, for that because I'm and that in charge. you
17: the should fire the chief.
0: Oh wow. So under Indiana law, what? this will be investigated. Did you hear what he said? And there will be accountability no, for I, the officer involved. He
5: he basically said if if it's a law to have the camera on and that he didn't have the camera on, fire the chief. Hmm. You'd be burning
3: through chiefs pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, I think that's the point. Yeah.
5: Unless it was a fire
4: chief that did because- the shooting.
3: Well, I don't think it was the chief of the shooting. I, I think it was a, because
4: yeah, if it's a law to have it on and they're not doing it, somebody needs to be held accountable. Yeah,
3: yeah, I would and, say. And if
4: you've got that many corrupt chiefs, then you'd be just as well to burn through them anyway.
3: Well, I'm, but it wasn't the chief who shot this person. It was the officer out in the field. Yeah, and it's
11: if that officer's hard is not to control. The,
3: yeah, that the person who didn't have their camera on should absolutely be fired, not just because they. Didn't have their camera on, but they didn't have their camera on while they fucking shot somebody, yeah, yeah, they like, turn it off intentionally, maybe that sure seems yeah plausible like a very plausible
17: reason why the camera was off, yeah the mayor you should fire the chief if that's the policy and someone died
19: all of these issues are extremely important but there's are did you see that side eye you was giving them and the underlying cause has to do with deep 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 realms of like racial injustice think of both in response, our, our criminal justice yeah. system and in our economic system and the democratic party should be on the side of reparations for slavery for this very reason wait i do not believe i do not believe that the average american is a
5: I missed the first part of what she was saying because I I was, I just didn't know how it went from police shootings to now reparations. That's a big jump. Yeah, it is a, it is a big leap. And I was still
3: thinking about this look that Buttigieg Buttigieg has given to Swalwell.
17: And there will be accountability for the officer involved. But you're the mayor, you should fire the chief if that's the policy and someone died.
19: All of these issues are extremely <laughs> important, but there are specifics, there are symptoms, <laughs> oh, and the underlying catna. cause has to do with...
17: I still deep, am missing what she's saying because I was just watching his justice.
0: reaction the whole time. Okay. So many steps toward police accountability that, you know, the FOP just denounced me for too much accountability. We're obviously not there yet, and if, I accept responsibility camera, for camera that because I'm that in, in charge. If policy,
17: you should fire the chief.
0: So under Indiana law, this will be investigated and there will be accountability for the officer involved. But you're the mayor, you
17: should fire the chief if that's the policy and someone died.
19: All of these issues are extremely in- important, but there are specifics, there are symptoms. And the underlying cause has to do with deep, deep, deep realms of racial injustice, both in our criminal justice system and in our economic system. And the Democratic Party should be on the side of reparations for slavery for this very reason. I do not believe, I do not believe that the average American is a racist, but the average American is woefully undereducated about the history of race in the United States. I, would, I would Williamson, like thank
3: you to much. I- I, uh, <laughs> she's not wrong, but she says it in such a way that I'm just like shut up.
5: But she, but in the context of the question in the line of talk that's going on right now,
3: yeah.
5: How does reparations keep yeah. black people from being shot by white cops? It doesn't. It, it was, doesn't.
3: It was a non sequitur. She wanted to get that in there. Yeah, which is good. I'm I'm all in favor of reparations or, as well. I think it's something that we should absolutely do. But it was strange. It was a really
5: weird shift yeah i well i I saw a comment where someone goes well why should they get reparations not like they were a slave and i feel like chiming in on it but i didn't i'm (sighs) like i'm like yeah but if your wife got into a car accident and she died guess who would get the money you you didn't get in the car accident you weren't the one harmed but you still get the money and well he's harmed in the yeah she's not around he's got that loss yeah. yeah Yeah, uh, but I'm mean, just kind of the same way. It's like, even though it wasn't them that were put in that situation, their family was and the family never got what was what, what should have had and, yeah. been given to him at the time. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I am I am all in favor of reparations. Maybe we should have a show one day to talk about that because I am fully in support of
17: that.
7: The Vice President, president Biden, Biden president I'm gonna, president we're going to get to you. Hang on. We're going to get on to Stage, you. I would oh. like to speak I, I, on the issue of race. Is if that I could preface agree. this, we'll give you
19: 30 seconds since
20: we're going to come back to you on, a, on this again in just a moment. Go for 30 seconds. Okay.
3: She said go so for 30 seconds.
7: On the issue of race, <laughs> I couldn't agree more that this is an issue that is still not being talked about truthfully and honestly i there is not a black man i know be he a relative a friend or a coworker who has not been the subject of some form of profiling or discrimination growing up my sister and i had to deal with the neighbor who told us her parents couldn't play with us because she because we were black and i will say also her that, that, play with that in this campaign mm-hmm. we've also heard and i'm going to now direct this at vice president biden And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing.
3: This is going to be good. I'm sure he had to have seen this coming because he's the front runner in the field. Yep. And all tweets this come This has to been life. all in the news. And I think, I think he was wrong for the, a lot of the way that he handled this and what he said and, and how he's just kind of like, eh, fuck you if you've got a problem with it in the aftermath. And so this this is a this is very poignant moment in this debate. this is, this is good. I, I was looking forward to this question.
7: And you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools, and she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. So I will tell you that on this subject, It cannot be an intellectual debate among Democrats. We have to take it seriously. We have to act swiftly. As Attorney General of California, I was very proud to put in place a requirement that all my special agents would wear body cameras and keep those cameras on.
20: Senator Harris, thank you. Vice President Biden, you have been invoked. We are going to (laughs) give you a chance to respond. Vice President Biden. That was
3: awesome. Yeah. Harris is fucking nailing it tonight, man. She's
14: doing she really well. Dr. my position across the board. I did not praise racists. That is not true, number one. Number two, if we want to have this campaign litigated on who supports civil rights and whether I did or not, I'm happy to do that. I was a public defender. I didn't become a prosecutor. I came out and I left a good law firm to become a public defender. When, in fact, when, in fact... Oh, boom. <laughs> in fact, my city was in flames because of the, the uh, assassination of Dr. King, number one. No, number two, as the, US, as, excuse me, as the uh, uh, Vice President of the United States, I work with a man who, in fact, we worked very hard to see to it we dealt with these issues in a major, major way. The fact is that in terms of busing, the busing, I never, you would've been able to go to school the same exact way because it was a local decision made by your city council. That's fine, that's one of the things I argued for, that we should not be, we should be breaking down these lines. But so the bottom line here is, look, everything I've done in my career, I ran because of civil rights, I continue to think we have to make fundamental changes in civil rights, and those civil rights, by the way, include not just only African Americans, but the LGBT community.
7: But Vice President Biden, do you agree today, do you agree today? that you were wrong to oppose busing in America then. No, Do you agree?
14: I did not oppose busing in America. What I opposed is busing ordered by the Department of Education. That's what I opposed. Well, I there did was not a
7: failure of, of states to, to integrate no, public schools in America. I was part yeah. of the second it, class to integrate that's so, that's so Berkeley, California, down. public schools almost two decades after Brown v. Board of Education.
14: Because your city council made that decision. It was so a local decision. So that's where the federal
7: government must stand. Uh, that's why we have the voting been... rights act and the civil rights act that's why we need to pass the equality
3: act that's why we need to pass the era because that's there are and read him the riot act god damn it yeah he's absolutely fucking wrong on
4: this point that's largely because he's a moderate he's such a moderate that yeah it's not this isn't the big this is why he this is why uh harris is not addressing sanders right now
11: because
4: yeah. yeah. he's far enough left to understand these issues
5: yep
3: yeah that's absolutely right and what we're talking about here is the supremacy of federal law federal law yeah, rules. Yeah.
5: that's in, instead that's where the he whole was saying well making. i was leaving up to the state
3: yeah states rights is a fucking dog whistle for racists <laughs> yeah states rights is what they say the civil right the civil war was fought over
5: yep yeah the
3: state's rights to own fucking You're people slaves yeah
7: <laughs> a moment in history where states failed to preserve the civil rights of I all have people. i
9: supported the okay, ERA from the very beginning. Thirty seconds, because I want to bring know. other people i, reported, into this. I have supported I the
14: ERA in. from the very beginning. I'm the guy that extended the Voting Rights Act for 25 years. We got to the place where we got 98 out of 98 votes in the United States Senate doing it. I've also argued very strongly that we, in fact, deal with the notion of denying people access to the ballot box. I agree that everybody, once they, in fact, they should, anyway, my time's up. I'm sorry.
5: Thank you, oh, vice president! He just lost oh, his think. train of thought, so he gave
14: That's up. That's the
3: second time I've noticed he's him done do that. That. Yep. that he's lost, he's lost the, he's lost the narrative, and it's just like, well, what was? I? Oh, my time because I've I'll noticed they've now.
5: let plenty of people go way beyond yeah. thirty seconds,
3: and they didn't like try to interrupt him or stop no. him. He volunteered that twice now.
5: Yeah, unless they have a clock, and he's looked. Sometimes they put up a
3: clock.
4: Yeah. Well, their podium turns red.
3: Yeah, on... yeah, their their podium changes color. But can so they that, see that? So that the audience knows, well, I'm sure there's a timer that, the, yeah, they, that can they can see Yeah, they can see, yeah, also. yeah. But yeah, they, they weren't interrupting him trying to get him to no. stop or anything. They were going to let him go until he was done. And that's the second time that he's, he's just, just like, stopped. oh, uh, I can't remember where I was going with this, so I'll just stop now. <laughs> oh, my time's up. There we go. And But he's absolutely wrong on that point. And he can bring up this other stuff that he's done, which is all fine and good. But he still needs to acknowledge I that he say, was, I was wrong. wrong about and that. all
5: she wanted to hear was yeah. him say, I was wrong. Yeah.
3: I was wrong, and I will do better. That's yeah. all he has to fucking say. And instead, he keeps trying to say, well, but I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this. Okay, fine, great. Those are good things. But you still fucked up over here. Yeah. This is the thing we're talking about. Not the other stuff. This is the thing we're talking about.
5: And it should be easy to say, I shouldn't have done that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Buttigieg just did that, yep. right? Yeah, because I couldn't get it done. That's what happened. Yep. I, I couldn't. Get I it failed. Done. I couldn't get this done. I couldn't make this change possible.
9: Senator Sanders, yes. Senator Sanders, I'm going to go to you on this. You said on the day you launched your campaign that voters should focus on what people stand for, not a candidate's race or age or sexual orientation. Many Democrats are very excited by the diversity of this field, on this stage, and on last night's stage, and the perspective that diversity brings to this contest and to these issues. Are you telling Democratic voters that diversity shouldn't matter when they make this decision? No, absolutely not. Uh,
13: Unlike the Republican Party, we encourage diversity, we believe in diversity. That's what America is about. But in addition to diversity, in terms of having more women, more people from the LGBT community, we also have to do something else. And that is we have to ask ourselves a simple question. And that how come today the worker in the middle of our economy is making no more money than he or she made 45 years ago, and that in the last 30 years, the top 1% has seen a $21 trillion increase in their wealth. We need a party that is diverse, but we need a party that has the guts to stand up to the powerful special interests who have so much power over the economic and political life of this country.
9: Senator Gillibrand, I wanna give you 30 seconds on this.
15: Well, first of all, where Bernie left off, we've heard a lot of good ideas on this stage tonight and a lot of plans, but the truth is, until you go to the root of the corruption, the money in, the po- in politics, the fact that Washington is run by the special interests, you are never gonna solve any of these problems. I have the most comprehensive approach that experts agree is the most transformative plan to actually take on political corruption, to get money out of politics through publicly funded elections, to have clean elections. If we do that and get money out of politics, we can guarantee health care is a right, not a privilege. We can deal with institutional racism. We can take on income inequality and we can take on the corporate corruption that runs Washington. I agree.
14: That was introduced by
9: me when I was was a young senator. Thank you, you, Vice President. We want to shift topics here. Senator Bennett, the next question is for you. of partisan gridlock. President Obama promised in 2012 that after his re-election, Republicans would want to work with Democrats. Fever would break. That did not yeah, happen. Nope. It didn't. Now, Vice President Biden worse. is saying the same thing: that if he is elected in 2020, both parties will want to work together. Should voters believe yeah. that somehow, if there's a Democratic president in 2021? That gridlock is going to magically disappear.
6: It will gridlock never will not go not away. Will magically disappear as long as Mitch McConnell is there. First,
3: oh
11: yeah, fuck a- you, Mitch McConnell.
3: <laughs>
6: you piece of shit. That's why you it is so important fuck. for us to win not just the presidency, to have somebody that can run in all 50 states, but to, to but to win the Senate as well, and that's why we have to propose policies that can be supported, like Medicare Act, so that we can build a broad coalition of Americans to overcome broken Washington, D.C. I agree with what Senator Gillibrand was saying. I share a lot of her views. We need to end gerrymandering in Washington. We need to end political gerrymandering in Washington. The court today said they couldn't do anything about it. We need to overturn Citizens United. The court was the one that gave us Citizens United. And the attack on voting rights in Shelby versus Holder is something we need to deal with. All of those things have happened since Senate, uh, Vice President Biden was in the Senate. And we face structural problems that we have to overcome with a broad coalition. It's the only way we can do it. We need to root out the corruption in Washington, expand okay. people's right to get to Time's the up. polls, Thank
9: and you. I think then we can succeed. Vice President. Mr. Biden, not, uh, 30 seconds. I want. I, I, That's a good answer, too. It does sound good too. you haven't seen what's been happening in the United States Senate over the last 12 years. It didn't happen. Why?
14: I have seen what happened just since we were vice president. We needed three votes to pass an $800 billion recovery act that kept us from going into depression. I got three votes changed. We needed to be able to keep the government from shutting down and going bankrupt. I got Mitch McConnell to raise taxes $600 billion by raising the top rate. And as recently as after President uh, got elected, I was able to put together a coalition of the Cures Act that billions of dollars go into cancer research. Bipartisan. But sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes you just have to go out and beat them. I went into 20 states, over 60 candidates, okay, and you. guess what? We beat Chuck, them. We won Chuck, back the Chuck, Senate. Chuck, thank you, Chuck, thank you, the Biden. problem
6: with what the vice president Yeah, 30 seconds. Go ahead. We, sometimes you do have to beat them, but but the deal that he talked about with Mitch McConnell was a complete victory for the Tea Party. It extended the Bush tax cuts <laughs> like, what? permanently. The Democratic Party had been running against that for 10 years. We've lost that economic argument because that deal extended almost all those Bush tax cuts permanently and put in place the mindless cuts okay. that we still are dealing with today that are called the sequester. That was a great deal for Mitch McConnell. It was oh, a I'm terrible right. deal oh, for that's why Mitch McConnell agreed to it. yeah. And the fact that Biden can't see that again makes him fucking
15: tone down. The tax cut had to be passed is because they had to pay back their donors. You heard it. They actually said those words. So the corruption in Washington is real. And it is something that makes every one of the plans we've heard about over the last several months impossible. And I have the most comprehensive approach to do it with clean elections, publicly funded elections. So we restore the power of our democracy into the hands of the voters, not into the Koch brothers. We were talking about issues. Imagine we're in Florida. Imagine the Parkland kids having as much power in our democracy as the Koch brothers or the NRA. Imagine their voices carrying far.
9: Yeah. Senator Gillman,
15: I'm trying to get everybody in here. It's the first thing <laughs> I'm going to do because nothing else is possible I, whether it's education or health care or ending institutional racism.
20: You very Senator much. Sanders, I'd like to put a different question to you. Roe versus Wade, Joe Biden
11: the, the law only one of the that slows land
20: since down at the yellow light. <laughs> now, that there is a conservative majority on the Supreme Court. Several Republican controlled states have passed laws to severely restrict or even ban abortion. One of those laws could very well make it to the Supreme Court during your presidency if you're elected president. What is your plan? If Roe is struck down in the court while you're president,
13: well, my plan is somebody who believes, for a start, that a woman's right to control her own body is a constitutional right, that government and politicians should not infringe on that right. We will do everything we can to defend our Roe versus Wade. Second okay. of all, let me make let me make let me make a promise here. You ask about litmus test. My litmus test is I will never appoint any, nominate any justice to the Supreme Court, unless that justice is 100% clear he or she will defend Roe v. Wade. Third of all, I do not believe in packing the court. we got a terrible 5-4 majority conservative court right now. But I do believe that constitutionally we have the power to rotate judges to other courts. And that brings in new blood into the Supreme Court and a majority, I hope, yeah. that will understand that a woman has the right to control her own body and that
5: corporations cannot run Chuck, uh, the Senator, United I'm States. Of America. Pause that, that for a
3: yeah, second. Yeah, that was an interesting thing that he just said there. Did the, he say that
5: he believes we have the constitutional right to be able to take a Supreme Court judge and circulate them to a. Federal court somewhere else and bring a federal court judge into the Supreme Court.
3: That's that's kind of what I got out of what he just said. Like, this is this is a new line of thought for me. I haven't heard anybody I, voice this like before.
5: castling in chess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because uh, well, okay, okay, so a federally appointed judge uh-huh. is appointed. Is there is there a, uh, an end to I their think appointment? lifetime appointment? Lifetime appointment. I think they are just like the Supreme Court and. A federal judge has to be voted in as they have to go through. They have this to be confirmed, confirmed, yeah. just yeah. like a Supreme Court judge has to be confirmed. So if they have to go through the same processes and get confirmed to hold that position, it sounds like he's saying is it that held we can on the just, same level. We can just like
3: pluck Gorsuch out, out of the Supreme and Court and put someone, and out someone out of out. else in
4: Both of those guys should be out of there.
3: Yeah, well, there's there's a bunch of the conservatives that are total turds
5: oh yeah um, thomas too he should be out or, or, yeah
3: he's just so fucking unqualified it's disgusting
5: or is that where you take and you do the whole okay you only serve on the supreme court for two years so you have to be a federally elected judge then have you, you just
4: ha- recently started saying the word
5: years differently no i think i've always said it different okay i've, <laughs> ne- I've never noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now now i'm gonna be self uh, self-conscious of how i say it you say it uh, like a Geordie. Majority? What's like a Michael Michael Marshall
4: who's from Be Reasonable?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I don't listen to that show very often. I, yes. I listen
5: when there's when people recommend years. certain episodes. Well but. Maybe you get elected to the federal court judge system uh-huh. and you circulate through the Supreme Court for two year uh two years on the bench. Hmm. It's
3: an interesting proposition. Uh yeah. I, I'm curious to hear Andrew's take on this on opening arguments. Ooh, mean... yeah.
5: But this would also have a negative effect huh. because if you get to choose who gets to sit for those two years, you could choose 100% conservative co- uh, judges to sit for those two years in the Supreme Court.
3: Yeah, it seems seems it seems very fraught thing to bring into it unless it's uh,
4: unless it's something specific related to the seating of Gorsuch and because it was because that was a denial of a constitutional right that there's some way to
3: yeah yeah Hmm. elections have consequences that yeah that that whole fucking Mitch uh, McConnell Maybe bullshit. he
5: will elaborate on that more in the future because I'm kind of interested on his, his line of thinking. On yeah, that.
3: I've never heard anybody mention I never, that before. I've never even thought about that. Yeah, so I'm sure that Andrew and Thomas will address that on opening arguments, and I will be mm-hmm. very interested to hear about it. Huh. Hold on, I'm going
11: to give you 10 additional
20: seconds because the question is, what if the court has already overturned Roe. And Roe is gone. All of the things you just described would be to try to preserve Roe. If Roe is gone, what could you do as president we to preserve pass, abortion rights? Well, first
13: of all, let me tell you this. It didn't come up here, but let's face this. Medicare for all guarantees every woman in this country the right to have an abortion if she wants it.
15: Thank you, right. Senator. And can I just address this for a second? And I, and I want to talk directly, directly to America's women. And to the men who love them. Women's reproductive rights.
3: I, I'm sorry. I was I was in thought after his answer there because it didn't really address her question. If Roe v. Wade is gone, gone. which you- guarantees that women do have that option and that right available to them, it doesn't matter if Medicare covers it or not. Because it's gone. Yeah, because it's just gone. So it Unless didn't really- you write
5: it back into the bill and make it legal through the bill somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was It didn't really
3: seem to me to address her question, but clearly I have been wrong about those things (laughs) in in the recent past, maybe. So I could, I could be totally wrong on this one too
15: are under assault by Tr- President Trump and the Republican Party. 30 states are trying to overturn Roe v. Wade right now. And it is mind-boggling to me that we are debating this on this stage in 2019 among Democrats, whether women should have access to reproductive rights. I think we have well,
5: to start yeah.
15: playing offense. But let me tell you one thing about politics, because it goes to the corruption and the deal-making. When the door is closed and the go- negotiations are made, There are conversations about women's rights and compromises have been made on our backs. That's how we got to Hyde. That's how the Hyde Amendment was created, a compromise by leaders of both parties. Then we have the ACA. During the ACA negotiation, I had to fight like heck with other women to make sure that contraception wasn't sold down the river or abortion services. And so what we need to know is, imagine this one question. When we beat President Trump, and Mitch McConnell walks into the over office, God forbid, to do negotiations. Who do you want, when that door closes, to be sitting behind that desk to fight for women's rights? I have been the fiercest advocate Senator. for women's reproductive freedom Senator. for That's over a decade. Thank and I promise you, as president, when that door closes, I will guarantee okay. women's reproductive Senator. freedom no matter Thank what. you.
9: Thank you. We're moving to climate. We're moving to climate, guys. Senator Harris, I'm addressing you first on this. You live in a state that has been hit by drought. Wildfires, flooding, climate change is a major concern for voters in your state. It's pretty obvious, obviously this state as well. Last night voters heard many of the candidates weigh in on their proposals. Explain specifically what yours is.
7: Well, first of all, I don't even call it climate change. It's a climate crisis. It represents an existential threat to us as a species. And the fact that we have a president of the United States who has embraced science fiction over science fact Whoa. will be to our collective peril. Nice. I visited while the embers she's were smoldering yeah,
11: she's the doing wildfires
7: good. in California. I spoke with firefighters who were in the midst of fighting a fire while their own homes were burning. And on this issue, it is a a critical issue that is about what we must do to confront what is immediate and before us right now. That is why I support a Green New Deal. It is why I believe on day one and as president will re-enter us in the Paris Agreement, because we have to take these issues seriously. And frankly, we have a president of the United States, we talked about, you asked before, what is the greatest national security threat to the United States? It's Donald Trump. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you why, because I agree, climate change. Represents an existential threat. Okay. He denies the science. You want to talk about North Korea, real threat in terms yeah. of nuclear arsenal. But what yeah. does he do? He embraces Kim Jong un, okay. a dictator, for the sake of a photo thank, op. Thank Putin.
9: No, no. You want to talk about Harris, we're He takes moment.
7: the word of the Russian president over the word of the American intelligence community climate, when it comes to a threat to our thank democracy you, and our election. Thank you, Senator These Harris. are the issues that are before us, Chuck.
9: I'm, I hear you. <laughs> thank you, Senator Andrew, <laughs> <laughs> Mender- you the gang has been pretty quiet throughout most well, of this. Well, most of that left side has been pretty quiet. Term, yeah. How is this going to help farmers impacted by climate change in the Midwest?
0: Well, the reality is we need to begin adapting right away, but we also can't skip a beat on preventing climate change from getting even worse. It's why we need aggressive and ambitious measures. It's why we need to do a carbon tax and dividend. But I would propose we do it in a way that is rebated out to the American people, in a progressive fashion, so that most Americans are made more than whole. This isn't theoretical for us in South Bend either. Parts of California on fire right here in Florida, they're talking about sea level rise. Well, in Indiana, I had to activate the Emergency Operations Center of our city twice in less than two years. The first time was a thousand year flood, and the next time was a 500 year flood. This is not just happening on the He's Arctic ice caps. He's been mayor for 1,500 years? Yeah. And we've got to be dramatically He's doing more good. moving forward. Now here's what yeah, very he few really people does talk look about. Young. First of all, rural America can be part of the solution instead of being told they're part of the problem. With the right kind of soil management and other kind of investments, rural America could be a huge part of how we get this done. And secondly, we got to look to the leadership of local communities. You know, those networks of hey, mayors Mayor. and cities from around the world yeah, who have come together. I'm trying to together, stick. I'm trying to Not to stick even the waiting to for our national can. governments to catch up. We should have a <laughs> Pittsburgh summit where we bring them together as well as rejoining the <laughs> Paris I, Thank you, Mayor Buttigieg.
20: I want to bring Governor Hickenlooper into this for a moment. Governor, you have That's said that oil and gas answer. companies should be a part of the solution on climate change. Lots of your colleagues on stage tonight problem. have talked about moving away from fossil fuels entirely. Can oil and gas companies be real partners in this fight?
8: Well, I share the sense of urgency. I'm I'm a scientist, so I I recognize that we're within 10 or 12 years of, of well, actually... Well, hey, did you guys know that he's know, a scientist? Irreper- <laughs> Just by problems. looking at him. I think um, I heard, and, yeah. You know, guaranteeing everybody a government job is not going to get us there. So, I saw I saw the pen holder in, in, in the shirt, pocket. <laughs> this is not the solution. We have to look at the pocket what protected. really yeah. will make yep. a difference. In Colorado, we're closing a couple of coal plants, replacing them with wind, solar, and batteries, and the, and the monthly bills go down. We've gone on, we're building a, a network for electric vehicles. We are working with the oil and gas industry, and we've created the first methane regulations in the country. Methane is 25 times worse than CO2. And then we've got to get to that last part. I mean, the industrial heavy industry, we haven't seen the plans yet. If you look at... at at the real problem. CO2, the worst polluters in CO2 was China, is the United States, and then it's concrete and it's exhalation. And beyond concrete? that, I think we've got to recognize that it's a only small country, but together, it really puts out a lot of, we a lot of, lot of hard business. problems.
3: We've got to
4: bring them together and to be yeah. this because they're, be, ultimately, they're between Iraq we're and a hard place.
20: <laughs>
8: we have, <been> failure. <laughs> we have no way of doing this it, it without is is everyone together. together. Thank
20: you. Uh, Vice President Biden, on the issue of how you do this, Democrats are arguing arguing robustly among themselves about what's the best way to tackle climate change. But if we're honest, many Republicans, including the president, are still not sure if they believe it is even a serious problem. So,
3: are there significant (laughs) ways
20: you can cut carbon emissions if you have to do it with
14: no support from Congress? The answer is yes. Number one, in our administration, we built the largest wind farm in the world, the largest solar energy facility in the world. We drove down the price, the competitive price of both of of those renewable and re- re- renewable sources. I would immediately insist that we, in fact, build 500,000 recharging stations throughout the United States of America, working with governors, mayors, and others, so that we can go to a full electric vehicle future by the year 2020. Or by the way, 2030. I would make sure that we invested 400 million dollars in new science and technology to be the exporter, not only of the green economy, but economy that can create millions of jobs but I would immediately rejoin the Paris uh, Climate Accord I would up the ante in that accord which it calls for because we make up 15% of the problem 85% of the world makes up the rest and so we have to have someone who knows how to corral the rest of the world, bring them together and get something done like we did in our administration
20: Senator Sanders, I'm going to give you 30 yeah. seconds to follow up but I'm going to hold you to 30 Look,
13: The old ways are no longer relevant What happened there? The scientists tell Bernie's waving (laughs) his arms because it is irreparable damage to this planet. This is a global issue. What the president of the United States should do is not deny the reality of climate change, but tell the rest of the world that instead of spending a trillion and a half dollars on weapons of destruction, let us get together for the common enemy. And that is to transform the world's energy system away from fossil fuel to energy efficiency and sustainable energy. Thanks. The future of that the planet. That would be great if they could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
17: Before we go, hang here's on. Before we leave this topic, here's the solution. Pass the torch. Pass the torch to the generation no, that's going to yeah. no, the, the fossil fuel. Uh, Pass thank the torch to the generation the that's going to the Here's
19: something
14: <laughs> you will all want to uh, We get it, Hold Eric. One Eric one be, be quiet. quiet. <laughs>
19: Hold one, trust, one moment. Just trust fact us on this. somebody has a younger <laughs> body doesn't mean you don't have old ideas. No,
5: we're going to do it. John we
19: did not say, John Kennedy did not say, I have a plan to get a man to the moon, and so we're going to do it, and I think we can all work together, and maybe we can get a man on the moon. John. Kennedy said by the end of this decade we are going to put a man on the moon yep. because then he Sean got shot Kennedy was back in the day when politics included the people <laughs> and included imagination and included great dreams and included great plans Ms. and I've had you, a career not making the political plans but I've had a career harnessing the inspiration and the motivation and the excitement of people Thank masses you, of people when we know that when we say we harness to turn it from and then the
3: I put it in a small to box, clean box economy, in my room. And I have sit on it deal. and we're I smell it sometimes.
19: We're going to do this within Those the next five years because I'm not interested <laughs> in just winning the next election. We are Thank interested you, in our grandchildren. Right, we gotta then, sneak, we're going to we'll sneak happen. in a break in well, a minute, but before it's only we do,
5: like the third time she spoken. I'm going to go down the
9: line here so, and I'm asking okay. you, please, for one or two words only. <laughs> All <laughs> Good right? <luck>. Please. <laughs> really? President Obama, well, in his first year, wanted to address both health care and climate, and he could only get one signature issue accomplished. It was, obviously, health care. He didn't get to do climate change. You may only get one shot, and your first issue that you're going to push, you get one <coughs> shot that it may be the only thing you get
17: past. What is that first issue for your presidency? Eric Swalwell, you first. For Parkland, for Orlando, for every community affected by gun violence, ending gun violence. Senator Bennett. <laughs> An unrealistic thing.
6: Climate change and the lack of economic mobility, Bernie talks about. Senator Gillibrand. So vote Bernie.
15: A family bill of rights that includes a national paid leave plan, universal pre K, affordable daycare, and making sure that women and families can thrive in the workplace
7: no matter who they are. Two words. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) um, Senator Harris. So passing a middle class and working families tax cut, uh, DACA, guns. I'm giving
9: you credit for the first. <laughs> first thing you said, the tax cut, I, I got you. Like Senator stuff. Sanders, oh, first change the premise, that there's only
13: one or two issues out there. This I'm not saying there's one or two. This country enormous crises. Senator we Sanders. Need a political revolution. People have got to stand okay. up and take on the special interests. We
9: can transform this country. Uh, Vice President Biden, your first issue, Mr. Vice President.
14: I think you're so underestimating what Barack Obama, did. He's the first man to bring together the entire world, 196 nations, to commit to deal with climate change. Immediately. So I don't, I don't buy that. But... The first, the first thing I would do is make sure that we defeat Donald Trump. Period. Okay. But you're already in office. Hey, yeah, this is your first, first day fly. in office. Already it's already the first happened. The issue as president that you are
9: going to block and tackle.
14: We got to fix our
0: democracy before it's too late. Get that right. Climate, immigration, taxes, and every other issue gets better. <clears throat>
9: Mr. Mr. Gang.
0: I would pass a $1,000 freedom
18: dividend for every American adult starting at age 18, which would speed us up on climate change, because if you get the boot off of people's throats, they'll okay. focus on climate change much more clearly. Governor Hickenlooper?
8: I would do a collaborative approach to climate change, and I would pronounce it well before the election to make sure we don't re-elect the worst president in American history. And Williamson My first call
19: is to Prime Minister of New Zealand who said that her goal is to make New Zealand the place where it's the best place in the world for a child to grow up. And I will tell her girlfriend you are so on, because the United States of America is going Thanks. to be the best place in the world for a child to grow up. You you know we are going Thank to you. Have-
9: you guys were close with the short, at least it was shorter. No, there was <laughs> what the fuck is she talking <laughs> about? Uh,
5: she's going to C- call her friend C- in New Zealand. <laughs> we're going
20: to take a quick break. We'll be right back with these candidates right after this.
5: That's why they aren't letting her speak. Yeah. If you if you notice, she's she's only actually been asked a like a direct question like once. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she just drives me crazy. I I can't I, put my finger on exactly what it is, other than she well, fucking bothers me.
5: I think they know that's so they're not even.
3: Yeah, well, and she's going not going to be around her. for much longer. As far as this campaign goes, she's she's going to be. Out soon. Depends I think. on what her woo tells her. Yeah, maybe she'll have to she'll have to throw some bones or uh, you know see if her healing crystals point in any certain direction. I guess. that's what
5: she'll do. She'll change out the jade egg in her vagina. <laughs> her vagina.
3: Vagina. Vagina. Yeah. And again, I think that's the wrong woo. We keep getting her her I woo know. confused. I know, but the yeah, the, the, the just...
5: goop stuff is just the funniest of the woo. <laughs>
3: I know. I'm just giving you a head. Get time. her
5: woo straight. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. We'll be right
9: back. This is Matt Dillahoney, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution.
19: So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian
7: oligarchs.
3: That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the our position is.
7: If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330 81 Rebel, or
15: Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you. We're
5: back again. Yay. You can tell from the wonderful theme music. Yeah. I wonder which chorus con- or conductor conducts this. I don't well, know what the fuck, fuck I'm to saying. It's
20: a <laughs> debate in my we now with Lester in the audience.
5: We are oh, or not? No, you're not.
20: We are in a second. Are going to have a
11: question?
20: <laughs> <unless we're talking. laughs>
4: that was just a fake out. Got to got to find I'm Ken Bone. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh...
20: Congressman Swalwell, among this field of candidates, you have a unique position on gun reform. You're proposing that the government should buy back every assault weapon in America, and it should be mandatory. How do you envision that working, especially in states where gun rights are a strong flashpoint?
17: Keep your pistols, keep your rifles, keep your shotguns, but we can take the most dangerous weapons from the most dangerous people. We have the NRA on the ropes because of the Moms, because of the Brady Group, because of Giffords, because of March for Our Lives. But I'm the only candidate on this stage calling for a ban and buyback of every single assault weapon in America. I've seen the plans of the other candidates here. They would all leave 15 million assault weapons in our communities. They wouldn't do a single thing to save a single life in Parkland. I'll approach this issue as a prosecutor, I'll approach it as the only person on this stage who has voted and passed background checks, but also as a parent of a generation who sends our children to school where we look at what they're wearing so we can remember it in case we have to identify them later. A generation who has seen thousands of black children killed in our streets, and a generation who goes to the theater and we actually look where the fire exits are. We don't have to live this way. We must be a country who loves our children more than we love our guns.
5: Senator Sanders, She'll pass the torch. Yeah. Newspaper.
17: Just like the Olympics. The (laughs) Vermont
20: newspaper recently released portions of an interview you gave in 2013 in which you said, quote, my own view on guns is everything being equal, states should make those decisions. No. Has your thinking changed since then? Do you now think there's a federal role to play? That's
13: a mischaracterization of my thinking. Look, we have a gun gun crisis right now. 40,000 people a year are getting killed. In 1988, Rachel, when it wasn't popular, I ran on a platform of banning assault weapons and, in fact, lost that race for Congress. I have a D-minus voting record from the NRA. And I believe that what we need is comprehensive gun gun, uh, legislation that, among other things, provides universal background. We end the gun show loophole. We end the straw man provision and I believed in nineteen eighty eight and I believe today. Why would you believe that? Leave assault if, weapons are weapons, weapons, weapons you leave from the military. And that they should not be on the streets leave? of America. You would leave your plan leaves them on the streets. You leave 15 million on we the streets. We ban the sale and we ban the sale and distribution, buy and that's what I believe will for you, many years. Will you I buy mean, them back? If people want to buy, if the government wants to do that, and people want
7: to you're going to be the back, government. Yes. Will you
17: buy them back? Yes.
7: Yeah. Senator Harris, we're going to give you 30 seconds. Thank you. I think your idea is a great one, Congressman Swalwell, and I'll say that there are a lot of great ideas. The problem is Congress has not had the courage to act, which is why when elected president of the United States, I will give the United States Congress 100 days to pull their act together, bring all these good ideas together, and put a bill on my desk for signature, and if they do not, I will take executive action, and I will put in place... The most comprehensive background check policy we've had. I will require the ATF to take the licenses of gun dealers who violate the law, and I will ban by executive order the importation of assault weapons. Because I'm going to tell you, as a prosecutor, I have seen more autopsy photographs than I care to tell you. I have hugged more mothers who are the mothers of homicide victims, and I have attended more police officer funerals. It is enough. It is enough. There have been plenty of good ideas from members of the United States Congress. There's been no action. As president, I will take action.
20: Mayor Buttigieg, I want to bring you in on this sir. Yay! A lot of discussion about assault rifles that are often shorthanded as military-style weapons. You are the only person on this stage tonight with military experience as a veteran of the Afghanistan war. Will military families... Does that inform your thinking on this view? Do you believe that military families or America's veterans will, at large, have a a different take on this than the other Americans who we've been talking about and who Congressman Swalwell is appealing to with his buyback program?
0: Yeah, of course, because we trained on some of these kinds of weapons. Look, every part of my life experience informs this. Being the mayor of a city where the worst part of the job is dealing with violence, we, we lose a as many as were lost at Parkland every two or three years in my city alone. And this is tearing communities apart. If more guns made us safer, we'd be the safest country on earth. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) Fuck yes. That was an awesome thing to say. Like universal background checks can't seem to get delivered by Washington, even when most Republicans, let alone most Americans, agree it's the right thing to do. And as somebody who trained on weapons of war, I can tell you that there are weapons that have absolutely no place in American cities or neighborhoods in peacetime, ever.
20: Vice President Biden, 30 seconds.
14: A real 30 seconds. A real 30 seconds. Yeah, okay. I'm the only person that's beaten the NRA nationally. I'm the guy that got the Brady Bill passed. The background checks, number one. Number two, we increased that background check when uh, during the Obama-Biden administration. I'm also the only guy that got assault weapons banned, banned, and the number of clips in a gun banned. And so, folks, look. And I would buy back those weapons. We already started talking about that. We try to get it done. I think it can be done, and it should be. We demand it, that we do it, and that's a good expenditure money. And lastly, we should have smart guns. No gun should be able to be sold unless your biometric measure could pull that trigger. It's within our right to do that. We can do that. Our enemy is the gun manufacturers, not the NRA. The gun manufacturers. That's the, Vice President, the NRA it. is
2: taking a The NRA supports the gun, supports Lester it. gun manufacturers Lester not question, doing that. Uh, all right, Chuck, this is a question.
5: I, I think the NRA is slowly crum- some- crumbling right now, too. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. Like their NRA TV program shit. Yeah. Gone. That's gone. They've had people leaving the
3: organization. Members are dropping like crazy. Members are going, people leading the organization Mm -hmm. are are going. Ted Nugent won't keep him afloat forever. (laughs) (laughs) Biden is seeming more and more out of touch with everything that he has to answer, everything that spills out of his doddering. Like he, he seems to be, he seems to have lost a step to me. He's, he's very, he seems almost lost on stage.
5: Well, and he went into tonight as the number one as the front runner, yeah. I don't think he's gonna leave number one.
3: Uh I think he well, I think he'll leave the stage number one. I don't think he'll hang on to it for a whole lot longer. And I think the more that he is in the public eye and the more that he is forced to answer questions, the more people are going to see this isn't the guy to lead us for,
4: especially if he's on stage with Harris and Sanders. Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah with Harris, Sanders, Warren Buddha I mean, any of those people, I think wipe the floor with Biden. He's just, I he's, he's uncle Joe. <laughs> he's, he <laughs> yeah. he's a, he's a decent guy. I think he's done some good things, but he's, he's had his a time. Step. He's, he's yeah. He's passed his prime. He's lost a step. He's out of touch. With the issues that are really important to the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, which is the wing that is going to be out and voting and working for the candidates who are running. And if you're not representing your core and most ardent supporters in your base, then you've lost. You've Mm -hmm. lost the race before you even begin. And he's starting to lose them. More and more over time. And like I said, the more he's in the public eye, the, I think the more he's going to start sliding.
5: And it's kind of ironic that the oldest guy on stage has probably helped rile up the most young, yeah. voters, youngest demographic.
3: Yeah. We were, we were watching. I, I wasn't sure if, I can't remember if you were here. Um, when, when Matt and I were watching it and they showed, uh, poll results broken out by age brackets oh. for, uh, supporters of, uh, Biden versus supporters of Sanders. Mm-hmm. And it was like with Biden, the, the older, the, the age brackets got the higher his level of mm-hmm. support. And with Bernie was just the op, and, you oh. know, and with the younger sections he had, he had less support and the older he had more. And with Bernie, it was, was he, just the yeah. opposite. It was, it, they were mirror images of each other because Bernie is energizing the, the, the revolution, the, the people who, are tired of politics as usual. Yeah.
0: I
2: think Buddha did a good job, uh, though, too. That, yeah, maybe yeah, they I could think share so some. Here's one that came from Kathleen from Canby, Oregon, who writes, Many fear the current administration has inflicted irrevocable harm on our governing institutions and norms and in the process on our reputation abroad. The question is, what do you see as important early steps in reversing the damage done? And we'll put this one to Senator Bennett.
6: Thank you very much. <clears throat> what an excellent question. First of all, we have to restore... Uh, our democracy at home. The rest of the world is looking for us for leadership. We have a president who doesn't believe in the rule of law. He doesn't believe in freedom of the press. He doesn't believe in independent judiciary. He believes in the corruption that he's brought to Washington, DC. And that is what we have to change. And that's why everybody is up here tonight. And I appreciate the fact that they're up here for that reason. Second, we've got
5: to restore the
6: relationships that he's destroyed with our allies. Not just in Europe, he flew to the G20 last night and attacked Japan, Germany and a third ally of ours without saying anything about North Korea or Russia. And when you've got a situation where you have a president who says something happened in the Straits of Hormuz and the whole world doesn't know whether to believe it or not, that is a huge problem when it comes to the national security. He's yeah. got or no credibility. Yeah,
9: it's a giant, giant fucking problem. problem. Yeah. You'd, You'd never know so if he's telling the truth or, or not. time yeah. for me to do a- another one of these down the line. And this is what this question is, which is, you've got to to. Re- you're likely going to have to reset a relationship between America and and another country or entity if you become president. Because of perhaps because of some relationship that you just mentioned about President Trump. What is the first relationship you like to reset as president and go down Europe. the line? And I'll start with Ms. Williams. All of
4: it. one of
19: my first phone calls would be to call the European leaders and say, We're back. Because I would say I
9: totally Mexico. I think we've done the most damage the to Mexico. i the
19: United States be part of the okay. Western alliance. I'm
9: trying to get one, one or two words here. It's, <laughs> I, I, I hear you. <laughs> you know, I talk about
8: constant engagement.
9: And I think <laughs> the, first and course, the first
8: country I would go to, and yeah. I understand they been cheating and yeah. and stealing in offshore. China would be China because okay. if we're going to deal with That's public true. health pandemics, we're going to do with all the That's challenges it. of the globe,
9: just the country. Have that was we wanted, yeah. No explanation. Yan. We're trying to squeeze in a couple more things before we go to another
0: break, Mr.
18: China. We need to cooperate with them on climate change, AI, and other uh, issues. North Korea. Thanks for the quickness. Mayor Buttigieg.
0: <laughs> we have no idea which of our most important allies he will have pissed off worse between now and then. What we know is
9: that our relationship with the entire world needs to change.
0: And it starts uh, by modeling American that values. Was fucking awesome. okay, that was Vice President, I'm trying to be quick.
14: We know NATO will fall apart if he's elected four more years as the single most consequential alliance okay. in the history of the United States. Senator Sanders. It's not one country.
13: I think it is rebuilding trust in the United Nations and understand that we can solve
9: conflicts without war but with diplomacy. Senator Harris.
15: All the members of the NATO alliance. Senator Gillibrand. President Trump is hell-bent on starting a war with Iran. My first act Ron. will be to engage Iran to stabilize the Middle East and make sure we do not Thank start you. an unwanted, never-ending war.
9: Senator Bennett, quickly. Our
6: European allies and every Latin American country that's willing to have a conversation
17: okay. about how to deal with the refugee crisis? And Congressman Swalwell. My first act in foreign policy, we're breaking up with Russia and making up with NATO.
20: Thank you all. Thank you all. We have a question for Vice President Biden tonight. You have made your decades of experience in foreign policy a pillar of your campaign. But when the time came to say yes or no on one of the most consequential foreign policy decisions of the last century, you voted for the Iraq War. You have since said you regret that vote. But why should voters trust your judgment when it comes to making a decision about taking the country to war the next time?
14: Because once, we, once Bush abused that power, What happened was we got elected after that. I made sure the president turned to me and said, Joe, get our combat troops out of Iraq. I was responsible for getting 150,000 combat troops out of Iraq, and my son was one of them. I also think we should not have combat troops in Afghanistan. It's long overdue, it should end. And thirdly, I believe that you're not gonna find anybody who has pulled together more of our alliances to deal with what is the real stateless threat out there. We cannot go it alone in terms of dealing with terrorism. So I'd eliminate the, the, uh, the, the, the act that allowed us to go into war, and not the AUMF, and make sure that it could only be used for what its intended was, what its intent was. And that is to go after terrorists, but never do it alone. That's why we have to repair our alliances. We put together 65 countries to make, make sure we dealt with ISIS in Iraq and other places. That's what I would do, that's what I have done, and I know how to do it.
20: Senator Sanders, 30 but seconds. One of, the
14: one of the differences that
13: Joe and I have in our record is Joe voted for that war, I he helped lead the opposition to that war, which is a total disaster. I helped lead the effort for the first time to utilize the War Powers Act to get the United States out of the Saudi-led intervention in Yemen, which is the most horrific humanitarian disaster on Earth. And thirdly, let me be very clear, I will do everything I can. To prevent a war with
9: Iran, which would be far worse than disastrous war
13: with Senator Iran.
14: Senator Sanders, you can't thank you. Go to all right, with guys. The we got people.
9: It. good news: is you get more time to talk. But I have to sneak in one more break. <laughs> we'll be
3: right back with more debate. Oh. Through the magic of of editing and recording and stuff like that, we're we're not even going to take a break this time because we're 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 closing in on the end of the
5: debate. What so we're I just gonna keep this rolling as far as everybody it, knows. It's getting close. I mean, we haven't given our our audience a long show in quite a while. It has been a while that we've that we've given them a four-hour-long long debate show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just like that, they're back. They're back. Awesome how we can warp time like that in this
2: audio fashion. We'll I was gonna say they're back just like to herpes. <laughs> to the voters, 45
17: well seconds herpes each. just really we never goes away. And Either do they. <laughs> we can't be a forward-looking party if we look to the past for our leadership. I'm a congressman, Again. but also a father of a two-year-old and an infant. When I'm not changing diapers, I'm changing Washington. Most of the time, the diapers smell better. <laughs> I went to Congress at 31, and I found a Washington that doesn't work for people writers. like you yeah. than me. It's, it's made of the rich and the disconnected. I was the first in my family to go to college and have student loan debt. And so I have led the effort to elect the next generation of members of Congress, and we have a moment to seize. This is a can-do generation. This is the generation that will end climate chaos. This is the generation that will solve student loan debt. And this is the generation that will say enough is enough and end gun violence. This generation demands bold solutions. That's why I'm running for president. Congressman, thank you.
19: Ms. Williamson, 45 seconds for your closing I'm sorry we haven't talked more tonight about how we're going to beat Donald Trump. I have an idea about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not going to be beaten just by insider politics talk. He's not going to be beaten just by somebody who has plans. He's going to be beaten by somebody who has an idea what this man has done. This man has reached into the psyche of the American people, and he has harnessed fear for political purposes. We know that. So, Mr. President, if you're listening, I want you to hear me, please. You have harnessed fear for political purposes, and only love can cast that out. So I, sir, I have a feeling you know what you're doing. She's running on love. I'm going to harness love. For political purposes, <laughs> I will meet you on that field, and sir, love will win. Lyonson, thank you.
4: And sir, yeah. love will win. I'm telling you that now. Unless they're yeah. playing tennis on that field. <laughs> True. <laughs> then love means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that was good.
5: That I was really, really like good. It. That was
11: fucking awesome. <laughs> You
5: need to email that to her. <laughs>
16: Senator Bennett.
6: Thank you. Thank you. My mom and her parents came to the United States to rebuild their shattered lives in the only country that they could. 300 years before that, my parents' family came searching religious freedom here. The ability for one generation to do better than the next is now severely at risk in the United States, especially among children living in poverty like the ones I used to work for in the Denver public schools. That's why I'm running for president. I've had two tough races in Colorado uh, by bringing people together, not by making empty promises. Uh, and I believe we need to build a broad coalition of Americans to beat Donald Trump and the corruption in Washington and build a new era of of American democracy and American opportunity. This is going to be hard to do, but it's what our parents would have expected, it's what our kids deserve. I hope you'll join me in this effort,
16: thank you. Thank you. Governor Eickenlover.
8: I'm a small business owner who brought that same scrappy spirit to make Colorado one of the most progressive states in America. We expanded reproductive health to to reduce teenage abortion by 64%. We are the first state to legalize marijuana, and we transformed our justice system in the process. We passed universal background checks in a purple state. We got to near universal healthcare coverage. We attacked climate change with the toughest methane regulations in the country, and for the last three years, we've been the number one economy in America. You don't need big government to do big things. I know that because I'm the one person up here who's actually done the big progressive things everyone else is talking about. If we turn towards socialism, we run the risk of helping to reelect the worst president in American history. Thank you, Governor.
15: Senator Gillibrand, you have the floor for 45 seconds. Women in America, women Whoa, in America are on fire. No. We've marched, we've organized, we've run for office, and we've won. But our rights are under attack like never before by President Trump and the Republicans who want to repeal Roe v. Wade, which is why I went to the front lines in Georgia to fight for them. As president, I will take on the fights that no one else will. I stood up to the Pentagon and repealed don't ask, don't tell. I've stood up to the banks and voted against the bailout twice. I've stood up to Trump more than any other senator in the US Senate, and I have the most comprehensive approach for getting money out of politics with publicly funded elections to deal with political corruption. Now is not the time to play it safe. Now is not the time to be afraid of firsts. We need a president who will take on the big challenges, even if she stands alone. Join me in fighting for this. Senator Gillibrand, thank you.
2: Mr. Yang, you have 45 seconds for your closing.
18: First, I want to thank everyone who put me on the stage tonight. I am proof that our democracy still works. Democrats and Americans around the country have one question for their nominee, and that is who can beat Donald Trump in 2020. That is the right question. And the right candidate to beat Donald Trump will be solving the problems that got Donald Trump elected, and will have a vision of a trickle-up economy that is already drawing thousands of disaffected Trump voters, conservatives, independents, and libertarians, as well as Democrats and progressives. I am that candidate. I can build a much broader coalition to beat Donald Trump. It is not left. It is not right. It is forward. And that is where I'll take the country in 2020 (laughs) That's his slogan I liked his
6: little
3: (laughs) Hand waving, it's not left It's not Mm -hmm. right, it's It's forward I I think in order to get You know, this broad coalition He's going to have to develop a personality first Well,
5: and it may sound bad What I'm about to say next Uh Uh-huh, should I be nervous? Maybe (laughs) (laughs) He might be able to get on Trump's side Because his haircut reminds me Of Kim Jong-un Oh yeah, yeah. The high and tight kind of thing. Kind of shaving the side and kind of like fold it over. It kind of looks. It, it's maybe because he's Asian, <laughs> with the buzz cut kind of thing, shorter sides. Long. Uh-huh. He kind of like kind of kind of like Kim Jong Un vibe <laughs> going on there, and Trump likes
3: that. <laughs> I just don't see him getting much no. traction, especially. I mean, especially after this debate where he's just he's
4: not dynamic enough. No,
3: no. not by a fucking long shot he's just he seems to be an empty suit just a guy standing there he's got some good ideas but there's no way that he's gonna bring a bunch of people on board with him because he's just there's no charisma there no charisma he's not charismatic there's no charisma there he is not gonna be long for this for this uh but he wants to give you a thousand dollars a month of of primary voting and, and stuff like that there. Yeah, he does want to give you a thousand dollars a month. And like I said, I think UBI is a good idea, something that we're definitely gonna to have to take a good hard look at going forward as more and more yeah. people are displaced from the workforce. But he's not the guy to bring that message home to no. people, I think.
7: Senator Harris. Senator Harris, the floor is yours. Thank you. Well, I, I just want to leave you with a couple of things. Um, yeah, she's been one, a rock star. Uh, she's been fucking, uh, she's uh, killed it. She is, I think, hands down won this debate. Yeah. I'm going to back this up from here. And I, hear I will do that.
3: More of what she First, say. I
18: want to thank everyone who put me on this. No, fuck you, Andrew. Independents and libertarians as well as Democrats and progressives. I Aww. am that candidate. I can build a much broader coalition no. to beat the Donald Trump. The show is Trump. long enough it is that not I left. can't select yeah, right. so a very, you a can't a very get good get in point in, in time. Thank you. So, so, like if yeah, I go but,
3: back, it's going to go back a
5: but but, bit. but here's Camila <laughs> Harris coming up again. Yeah.
7: Thank you. Well, I just want to leave you with a couple of things. Um, One, we need a nominee uh, who has the ability to prosecute the case against four more years of Donald Trump, and I will do that. Second, this election is about you. This is about your hopes and your dreams and your fears and what wakes you up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And that's why I have what I call a 3 a.m. agenda. That is about everything from what we need to do to deliver health care to how you will be able to pay the bills by the end of the month. And when I think about what our country needs, I promise you, I will be a president who leads with a sense of dignity, with honesty, speaking the truth, and giving the American family all that they need to get through the end of the month in a way that allows them to prosper. So I hope to earn your support. Uh, please join us at KamalaHarris.org. Senator, thank you.
1: Mayor Buttigieg. this 40
3: is, seconds. Not as strong, I think, as points is theoretical for me.
7: I've
0: had the experience of writing a letter to my family, putting it in an envelope marked just in case, and leaving it where they would know where to find it in case I didn't come back from Afghanistan. I have the experience of being in a marriage that exists by the grace of a single vote on the US Supreme Court. I have the experience of guiding a community where the per capita income was below $20,000 when I took office, into a brighter future. I'm running because the decisions we make in the next three or four years are gonna decide how the next 30 or 40 go. And when I get to the current age of the current president in the year 2055, I wanna be able to look back on these years and say my generation delivered climate solutions, racial equality, and an end to endless war. Help me deliver that new generation to Washington before it's too late.
3: I gotta say, the more I hear from Pete, the more I like him. Well, I guess that's not entirely true. I've liked a lot of what he's had to say yeah. tonight. I think he's he's yeah. done very very well. He seems focused, driven, directed. He's got more charisma. He's <laughs> well, and he just seems far more intelligent and engaged and forward thinking.
5: He well, I think the one that like kind really of won guy. me over him with him tonight with the best answer he gave was when they asked about the the shooting in his city. Yeah, he goes. I fucked up. Yeah, I couldn't get it done. I didn't. I think that was just but he, so nakedly wrong. He's raw. also yeah. the
4: only one to bring religion into it when he wasn't even asked about it.
3: Yeah, and that is, that has bothered me. I've I've pushed boo that concern. Pete. But yeah, boo Pete.
4: Well, Boop Pete. And if he,
11: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I can't imagine that he'd have more religion than Trump if he were elected no. for sure. No, I and
4: everything else has been really good from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm,
3: I'm continually impressed with him, and I liked his little jab in there about you know when I'm in in the year 2055 or whatever it was when, when I'm, I'm the his age, the age yeah. of the current president. Yeah. Like that, that kind of poked a that poked at <laughs> <a> Trump <laughs> and at Sanders and Warren and Biden, and they should have patched the
13: torch.
9: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you.
18: Senator Sanders,
13: seconds of closure. I suspect people all over the country who are watching this debate are saying, these are good people, they have great ideas. But how come nothing really changes? How come for the last 45 years, wages have been stagnant for the middle class? How come we have the highest rate of childhood poverty? How come 45 million people still have student debt? How come three people own more wealth than the bottom half of America? And here is the answer, nothing will change unless we have the guts to take on Wall Street, the insurance industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the military industrial complex, and the fossil fuel industry. If we don't have the guts to take them on, we'll continue to have plans, we'll continue to have talk, and the rich will get richer, and everybody else
14: will be struggling.
3: Thank you, Senator. Absolutely right.
20: We'll hear from Vice President Biden. Sir, you have 45 seconds.
14: Thank you very much. Uh I'm running to lead this country because I think it's important we restore the soul of this nation. This president has ripped it out. It's the only president in our history who has equated racist and and, and white supremacist with ordinary and decent people. He's the only president who has engaged and embraced dictators and thumbed her nose at at our allies. I'm secondly running for president because I think we have to restore the backbone of America, the poor and hardworking middle class people. You can't do that without replacing them with the dignity, they once had. Lastly, we got to unite the United States of America as much as anybody says we can. If we do, there's not a single thing the American people can't do. This is the United States of America. We can do anything if we're together. Together. So God bless you all, and may God protect our troops.
12: Vice President Biden. He brought
3: so God Buttigieg isn't the only one yep. to invoke I'm, I'm not surprised at the Biden. invisible sky wizard. Yeah.
12: The two nights of spirited debate on a range of issues, 20 candidates in all. And we want to thank all of the candidates last night. Seriously, it night. takes
9: guts to run and stick your neck out like this to you guys and to the no. show. No, no, no,
5: no, 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 no. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. Yeah. It's yeah. great to see you. That's, that's why I just started fading them out. I'm like, yeah, we don't need to hear you. Let's
3: all retire to the spin room now and try to salvage the shitty performance that several of you had. And mm-hmm. maybe, you know. Shit on performance of other people that you don't like and didn't do as well as Fucking Harris nailed it to yeah, me, man. She, did she good. was on fire. She was so good. Every single one of the answers that she gave was so, so good. I was thoroughly I, impressed.
5: I kinda wanna see her attack Trump.
3: <laughs> I I am excited for a bunch of these extraneous people to get off the stage. Yeah. Fucking Swalwell, I think, should drop out fucking tomorrow. He was terrible. Williamson should drop out tomorrow because she was terrible. Uh, Hickenlooper should drop out because he was terrible. I mean, that's that's three people out of the
5: ten on this stage Biden right should now. drop out because should he, should he drop was out terrible. He
3: was pretty but terrible. The, uh,
5: the other guy from Colorado did pretty good. I keep forgetting his name. The. God, that has a very distinguished Uh, voice.
3: Bennett.
5: Bennett, yeah. Yeah, Bennett. Michael Bennett. I thought he did, I thought he did all right. I really like him.
3: He's, he's, he's a, he's kind of a soft spoken guy in Congress, but when he's passionate about something and when he has strong, strong feelings about it, you're going to know it because he's going to let you know. And I think he did a really good job tonight. I think a lot of people are going to walk away looking for more information on him. Uh, they're going to be looking for more information on Gillibrand. I think she did yeah, very well yeah. this evening. Uh, Sanders, I think, was great this evening. Um, but I, the more I watched Biden, the more I'm growing actually concerned for his physical and mental health. He, he just seems like he's not
5: all there. Maybe he wasn't prepared. Uh, we don't know what. Maybe going on. maybe he's tired.
3: Maybe he's hungry. Something there. There was something there that he made him not be all the way there. Yeah, it was. It was a very disappointing performance from Biden. Not that I. Not that he's anywhere near my top choice or anything. Yeah. but with him currently leading the field, I think his performance tonight, his numbers are gonna really tank in the next few days or week good yeah yeah that is a good thing i think sanders Biden. there's so i would love to see uh castro booker warren buddha judge sanders harris gillibrand maybe yang just no. because he's got some interesting ideas but he's also got some fucking terrible i don't ideas, think he's gonna too, get but... very
4: far no i i agree with you yeah did you, did you have bennett in there Uh, I did not have
3: Bennett in there because ultimately I don't think he's going to be around for very long. Yeah. He's, I think he's a really good guy and he's very passionate about a lot of things. I don't think anything he did tonight is going to change his numbers. I think they're going to, they're going to slide as more people shift to other people like Buddha judge and Castro from last night's performance was good. But I think Harris is probably going to see the biggest bump in her polling numbers. She was Fucking awesome tonight, man. I just I can't get over how blown away I was with her performance. She was
5: really, really good. She was on the attack quite a bit and she was never really had to get on the defense. No, yeah. One of the
3: one of the things that people have voiced concerns over is her history as a prosecutor and a lot of the cases wow. where what happens in the communities where she was where she was acting as prosecutor is that she was basically enforcing as one of the chief law enforcement officers mm. the whole systemic racism thing that she's yeah. currently railing against. And so, I don't know, she's she's apologized for her role in, in a lot of that in the past, and I think that's a good thing. I think that may continue to haunt her as she moves through the process, but I think she was fucking awesome tonight.
5: She was really, really good. So when she was attacking Biden, Biden should have came back and said, how many African-Americans have you put in jail? Yeah. <laughs> he
3: kind of hinted at it. Well, no. Was it him? No, it was him because he said that he was a def- uh, defense attorney. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Not a not a prosecutor. Yeah. So,
5: yeah. Leaving his cushy job. So he job. did
3: kind of hint at that in a roundabout way for people who follow a lot of the minutia about the backgrounds of a lot of these candidates. But – uh yeah I thought that was a great performance by several people on stage um I think Swalwell, though had the, the worst, worst yeah. the worst night of any candidate out there he recently declared I think he's going to be one of the first Unclaring. people to declaring yeah he's going to suspend his campaign he's going to take down that cat poster he put
5: up in his office that says never give up
3: cuz it was just, it was it was so awful as to be embarrassing like, he should be embarrassed looking back on this performance at just how fucking ridiculous it was. Pass the torch. Pass the torch. <laughs> that was just dumb, dude. Like, you can you can try to get in some zingers and some one-liners and, and sound bites and shit, but maybe run them past other people and see if they also think, yo, it's a great line. You should really I, use that one.
5: Buttigieg should have been like, yeah, pass the torch. I'm the youngest guy here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Like, I don't, I don't know who he would have ran that by that said, yeah, you should absolutely use, that. that's a great idea. And then to use it as often as he did. Yeah. And Hickenlooper mentioning, well, I was a scientist twice yeah. when he's also like, he was defending shitty positions with, well, I'm a scientist and I like data driven stuff. Well, but the things you're defending aren't really defensible if you look at the statistics yeah. and information and data behind them. So. I think he'll have some problems going forward, but this was fun. Yeah. I, we haven't watched the debate together for two years, a couple of years now. <laughs> yeah. But I liked it. Thank you guys very much. Oh, uh, yeah. And thank all of you out there listening. Uh, we will be back next week. We won't be doing a debate next no. week. So <clears throat> that, that will make, the members of our listening audience who don't give fuck, who don't care fuck all about politics. Uh, but oddly people liked reprieve. it when we did
5: it last time. So
17: yeah,
3: it seems a little strange to me, but I don't know. I, I don't, I like watching the debates. So if people want to
5: listen to, us, to us rant while we watch, watch
3: <laughs> a debate, I guess that's, that's good. Um But thank you all very much. Uh, we're going to be ending the show now. And because it's so long and there's not going to be extra patreon content but we would like to thank our patreon supporters before we go that would be alan firth new mania christy kalbach gaytheist
5: larry wilson Stephen andrus let them eat coveffy two skeptical chaps michelle short vanessa captain samples utah outcast janet uter marius Kat butchukowski wes aaron andrew vatapitch Jeremy Goodson, Brandy Hamrick, Megan Kennedy, The Fuzz, Jeff Peterson, Jesse Poyter. Free Thinker 215 and, and, and Marge Simpson support the <laughs> the Free Thought Society. <laughs> the, the Fart Free Thought Society. Society. Taz, the Tasmanian Devil.
4: Uh, Savita Kuna.
3: The Purple Dragon. And Taylor, Taylor Gray. Hey, Yay! Thank you all very much. And so until next week, crucify that like
4: button. Just give us a fucking review. <laughs> and rate the show five times a day toward tennis. Wonder how he does his hair so so neatly.
5: <laughs> just, I think it's, it's 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 he's just very straightforward with how he does it.
4: Yeah,
3: it's a very straightforward hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>